1: Mark, did you get a good look on the way in at the skyline of Indianapolis?
2: I did. It was a nice uh, nice break from what we've seen the last couple of days. So the, the the severe storms that came through the area, hope everybody was safe and sound. But um looks like we've got some clear skies to clear the smog out of Indianapolis, which yeah, nice to I, see. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was – we're back to normal. Right? I, I mean, I, I don't mean that to sound in comparison to the last few days. Now, I have no idea what happens from here forward in terms of – the smoke, the wildfires, obviously they didn't just go away in Canada. But the winds yesterday, the rain itself. Uh, a clear morning this morning on a Friday. Good morning to you, Jake Quarry, along with Mark Dykton. Sam Fritz is main of the controls for us here in the uh, Hubler.com studios. As I'll tell you what, um, a busier day probably than we anticipated in terms of, of news today, nothing earth-shattering. I mean, the the Colts news finally came out, though, Mm -hmm. and color me skeptical here, okay? And I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy. They do this thorough investigation. We knew about Isaiah Rogers because he basically had, had outed himself, which, I mean, kudos to him for stepping up and saying, like, look, I made a mistake. I have a hard time believing I have to believe it. I get it. And maybe, and it's a tough manner and a tough way to live to be a cynic about everything. I, I don't try to be that way. But, Mark, it seems odd to me that, especially before there was even total clarity on the NFL gambling rules in terms of the use of an app. And by that, I mean, if you go into an NFL locker room, and you walk around like on during the week Mondays and Wednesdays are when like the media availability is when you can go around I've done it for 20 years different franchises I've covered different franchises I I covered the Rams I covered the Colts I hell I remember one time when the Colts and Patriots were playing Channel 6 sent me to to Foxborough and I was there for a week and did like the entire week of Patriots prep. So I was in the Patriots locker room. It's the same, all of them. You go in, and I mean, it's and this is cool, but, you know, the guys that are there, you get to go into the locker room and kind of get a glimpse of it on the days of media availability. And before they're gathering for their official team meetings, guys are kind of coming in and out, and it's like any other walk of life. Mm-hmm. There are certain guys that are sitting in their locker. Usually, some at least one locker has like a video game set up, and maybe a couple of guys are sitting around playing Xbox or something. Somebody usually has music going. You see guys that'll come in. They they check their phone or they're you know, and then they go back out and they get treatment, whatever it might be. Oftentimes, guys are just sitting in their folding chair in front of their locker, like any of us, looking at their phone, texting somebody, checking social media, whatever it might be. The fact that in the National Football League, if guys were doing that and they were scrolling on their phone and they're like, oh, I'm going to go on one of the gambling apps and I happen to be a native of San Diego and my Padres tonight are taking on the Giants, I'll put 50 bucks on that. And that's a violation because they're inside the facility and they're using a gambling app, right? Yeah. We now know that that's been very clarified, and I assume that was very clarified to players beforehand. Don't get me wrong. But to me, and I'm not here to belittle... The significance, the issue, whatever it be, of gambling. But what I'm saying is, Mark, like I do feel like putting twenty dollars down on a major league baseball game, but doing it and having your phone recognize that from a from a GPS standpoint, you're inside of a team facility. That that to an extent feels like going forty-five and a forty. Okay, you could probably pop ninety percent of the population for going 45 miles an hour down capital. Okay. I'm not saying 90% of the league is doing it, but if they in fact just did like this thorough exhaustive examination and study of the NFL to find guys that were doing this and they only came up with like three or four players, one of them, a practice squad player, essentially for the Colts, the other, a part-time starter, but that's it. I, I have a hard time believing that. And I'm not saying that, that, Again, I want to be very, very clear here. There are two ways to interpret into your ear canal what I'm saying. One of them is to say, well, Quarry is saying that Isaiah Rogers, they shouldn't have done anything to him because everybody does it. The other way to interpret what I'm saying is I agree with the penalties of the players that were penalized, but I am highly surprised they are the only three or I think it was four guys total out of the – 1,400 in the National Football League that did this.
2: I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's like when I go to my garage. I know when I open the door, I'm going to see a lot of stuff that I'm like, I got to clean this up. There's a lot of mess in here, and I don't want to open the garage door. I feel like that could be what the NFL I, is I think, looking yes. at when it comes to gambling. Is they they they've peeked in, but they haven't fully opened the door. And if they fully open the door, they're like, there's a lot more in here than I originally thought there was. And I think that's. Like you said, the $20 bet on baseball, I think yes, gambling on NFL games should be 100% no-no. You do that, you're out of the league. But... I mean, you, Isaiah
1: Rodgers, Mark, had to know, yes. had to know yeah. that so, when you are placing a wager on the Indianapolis Colts, you he knew
2: that was a violation. So for those who didn't hear, yes, Isaiah Rodgers and Rashad Berry of the Colts both suspended for at least next season for gambling on games. Uh, there was a quote in the uh, ESPN article about the suspensions that Rodgers uh, put upwards of a 100 bets placed, including one wager, at least one wager involving the Colts. Uh, the the bet was supposedly a $1,000 prop bet on the over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back, which hit. It also says that um, he was encouraged by friends who lived in Florida where legal sports betting is not available to p- place wagers between the $25 and $50 range. So he definitely gambled on a Colts bet and then uh, Rashad Berry, we never really heard too much. I never even heard Rashad Berry's name mentioned. This whole thing, it was always Isaiah Rogers, but he he was also pinched for that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't. I think once you're in the league and you're gambling on NFL games, that, that's a 100% no no. But I think with the gambling apps that the NFL is in bed with at this point, if a guy wants to wager a $10 bet on the Tampa Bay Rays to win the AL East, I really see no harm, no foul there. I mean, that's me personally. If if they want to place a wager, whether it's at a team facility or not, and it's on a baseball game or a basketball game, I don't see the harm in that. So I do think that they might need to reevaluate their rules here as far as uh, the gambling goes. But, but, but I it, is a, it is a slippery slope because if you open the gate to that. That's it. That, it that, that's that's it, the problem. Mark. I mean, that's
1: that's the thing, right? Uh,
2: Greg Ricks are going to join us at 730 this morning. This
1: will obviously be a topic of conversation over the course of the morning. Joel Erickson at 9 a.m. Uh, There's other news to talk about as well, but before we get to the other sports stories, uh, your Bananas experience last night did not go off, right? Yeah, I was going to
2: say, you and I had very different Thursday night experiences. Uh, I was supposed to go to the Savannah Bananas game. Obviously, the weather played a huge role in that not happening. Um, I figured it was going to be a bit of a delay because of the storms that were coming through the area. But then I got the alert that not only was the storms affecting it, but also that Victory Field had completely lost power, and so they weren't allowing anybody into the stadium. So gates are supposed to open, I think, at 5, and then they pushed it to 6. We didn't leave our house till like, quarter to 7, because I'm like, there's no way this game is getting played, I don't think. But we should probably get down there just in case something miraculous happens. No sooner do we pull into the uh, the garage that we normally pull into for work. Got the alert. Game has been postponed till Saturday at noon, so... The game will get made up on Saturday at noon. Gates open at 11. They are supposed to play what would have been their their second game tonight. That game, I think, is still scheduled, as as I So heard. are you
1: going Saturday at noon?
2: We're going Saturday at noon. So it is a bit of a pain because we are, uh, we also have to get out of here and head to Illinois for a graduation party. And so we are going to pretty much go straight from the Savannah Bananas game and hall butt to Illinois to get to that. Uh, the good thing about Savannah Bananas games is there's a two hour time limit, so there's no way it's going longer than two hours. So if it starts at noon, it ends at two. We get an, we gain an hour going back up to Illinois. We'll get some time back. So uh, when is
1: when is the last time you spent a weekend in Indianapolis?
2: Uh, quite a bit actually. Last couple weekends, but it's Fourth really? of July and it's my 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 brother's girlfriend got her master's degree, so we're gonna go celebrate that. Okay, but you are going
1: Saturday, so you're gonna sit in ninety degree heat instead of enjoying a nice 70 degree evening
2: yeah probably but my, my parents have a pool so I'll probably jump in there have some fun let the girls see their grandparents but i'm
1: talking that. about the bananas game
2: oh the bananas game yeah i mean I'll, uh, hey there's a uh there's a beer bat with my name on it and fr- on saturday afternoon uh yesterday how was your evening though real quick well
1: yesterday afternoon by the way was fabulous went to patties of jamaica it was awesome is it ryan was the guy that met you Correct. Um, well, Ryan, Glenn, Andy, my buddy Andy Goldman, Glenn, Bill. Oh, we guys were, had like a little party together. Yeah. Um, and then, as I was afterwards, I was I was sitting there talking with my buddy Andy Goldman. He's a great dude. He's a former Hardwicks guy when I worked at Hardwicks. And uh, another gentleman pulled up and was like, "Hey, man, I'm only here because I heard you talking about it, and we were already done. So then I felt bad, right?" And I'm like, yeah, well, we already got done. So he's like, oh, I, I got something to go. And he texted me later and goes, man, you weren't kidding. Kyle was his name. Kyle's like, man, these things were awesome. So I'm like, hey, it's cool to meet Kyle, too. So it was fun to meet everybody. Then last night, um, Mark, you, you like Oasis, obviously, right? Yes. yes One very to ten much. scale, what is your level of fandom of Oasis?
2: Probably an eight, eight and a half, maybe nine.
1: It's funny. When I told people I was going to a concert and I said, I'm going to see Noel Gallagher. What percent of people, when you say Noel Gallagher, realize who that is?
2: I mean, I would hope a pretty high percentage for those of us that grew up in the 90s, but I don't know. So
1: last night, and my cousin has like season tickets, if you will, to, to Ruoff. So thank you to my cousin, Doug, for giving me the tickets, but- so we we get there last night, garbage was the opener, and then Noel Gallagher. Garbage started at 7.30. My cousin had the list at the Times because I think they send that to you. Mm-hmm. So I knew that Noel Gallagher was going on at 9.30. I'm not a huge fan of garbage. They're fine, whatever. But I'm like, okay, let's just leave at like 8.15, 8.30. So we get there, we park, we walk in the side thing, and there's a, a little bar restaurant area, and there's I'm like, there's no one here. I mean, literally, like, we walked into the bar area and there were, like, there was no one. Hmm. So we sit down and the waitress comes over. And I'm like, are you surprised by the crowd? Is it the weather? The smoke? Because there was some question whether or not this would even take place. Because Noel Gallagher canceled his concert on Wednesday, um, which I think was in Milwaukee. I don't know if he canceled it or, like, the group in Milwaukee canceled it. But at any rate, she says, and the waitress was probably my age. And she's like, Well, I'm not sure who who exactly is the guy playing tonight? And I'm like, Well, it's Noel Gallagher. And she's like, I don't I'm not as familiar with him. And I said, Well, he's half of Oasis. She's like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? No. Oh, well, that's okay. So he now has his own band called Noel Gallagher and the Flying Birds, but he played fourteen a fourteen song set. Songs eight through fourteen were all Oasis songs. So basically, he and Liam Liam Gallagher hate each other, the yeah. two brothers. Uh-huh. I think this is well known. The songs that, that Liam wrote, he performs with his when he's out touring. The songs that Noel Gallagher wrote, he performs. Now, so there were three, like Shannon's not a huge fan, but she knew she's like, oh, I know this song, you know, that kind of thing. He literally came out. He did say, he's like, this is my first time in Hamilton, Indiana. It's like, well, it's Hamilton County, but okay. Um, He didn't, you know, he just basically came out and played. He he talked a little bit, but then at the end, he literally was like, thank you so much for coming out and seeing us, and that was it. I'll bet there weren't 2,500 people there. Wow. But I talked to... um, At Ruoff? Yes. Wow. They didn't sell lawn seats. Or if they did, they had everybody from the lawn move into the pavilion, so everybody was under in the seats itself, and that was probably sixty percent full, and that was it. There were no, nobody in the lawn. Now, my buddy Charlie, who I've known for years that that works out there, I ran into him last night, and he said, "Man, I, I studied abroad in England, and I saw Oasis at Wembley Stadium, and it was like you know four nights in a row." And I'm like, "That that would still be the case." Like if it was amazing to me that he would play. At Ruoff in front of twenty five hundred people, weather probably had something to do with that.
2: I would have to think so. But
1: if he played, if Oasis reunited and announced that they were playing a four night set in Wembley Stadium in London, it would sell out in like twelve minutes.
2: Well, I would say if Oasis reunited and they were willing to do U.S. touring, they would be headlining every Bonnaroo and you know Lollapalooza and everything like that. Be they'd be headliners on every single one of those. Those stops. I'm probably a little bit biased because of my age range.
1: But I feel like if Oasis reunited and toured the U.S., they would be playing at like FedEx Field and Soldier Field and Lucas Oil Stadium.
2: Am I wrong? I would kind of think that as well. So again, the, when you said twenty five hundred, that's kind of shocking because even if the weather did play a role, twenty five hundred seems awfully low.
1: I mean, I'm probably maybe I'm exaggerating how, how I don't know. It was pretty sparse.
2: But I mean, get, Oasis was one of the biggest bands of the '90s, and especially abroad, they were as well. I mean, I mean,
1: Sam, you're a music guy. You're a younger guy, so it's a little before your time. But you're you're in tune with music in general. If yeah. Oasis was reunited, now you're you're an anomaly because you're what twenty? How old are you? Twenty eight. You're 28 going on 60, right? We've determined this.
3: <laughs> yes, I am a famous 1974 radio DJ.
1: Correct. But amongst your peers, does anybody know who Oasis? Who Oasis is?
3: Oh yeah, no, Oasis is still huge. People my age, people younger than me, you know, and some of it's probably just because they have a couple of hits that still manage to float around on alternative radio, uh, pop radio. But I think we kind of forget that, you know, Oasis was literally called the Beatles of the 90s. Like, they, they were supposed to be the second wave of the British invasion kind of feel. So I think Oasis selling out major stadium tour in the United States is a no-brainer if it's a full reunion. I, I kind of think they're like the Guns of Guns and Roses of their era in terms of what a reunion would mean, right? Guns and Roses got back together, full band, sells out. Uh, third largest tour of all time when they reunite same thing would happen with Oasis by the way I'd like to say good morning to my buddy Derek who's listening in Barcelona Spain Derek
1: Barcelona's the best man I was there you've got to do the Sagrada Familia and you've got to go down on the Mediterranean there's a I'll actually text it to him but there's a, a little like bar cabana area on the beach that's fabulous
2: have you been to Barcelona Mark no would love to go Never left the continent yet. Been to Mexico, been to Canada, haven't left the continent. I mean,
1: the only problem with it is, and and I don't want to pretend like I'm some world traveler, I'm not, I've been to Europe twice, but there is something about like when you're flying and then you realize you're like, oh my gosh, like we're over nothing but water for like six hours. (laughs) It's a little disconcerting, right?
2: When you're looking at like, oh, I I see why they do the flotation device uh, seminar before we take off.
1: correct. Uh, a little different than when you fly from here to Kansas City. Did you? Um, how about James Harden, thirty six and a half million? Yeah. I don't blame him for opting in, but I have a theory on this that I think is an unpopular opinion. There are three players. We'll put. We'll do this in trivia form for the two of you. Sure. There are three players in the NBA that, in my very humble opinion, people go gaga over, and now it's become an annual thing of, like, which team is going to pick them up as their final piece that's going to push them to a title? And I'm like, yeah, I I would not. You do not get return on investment for the amount of money you have to pay for said player, period.
2: You want, like, three guesses? Yes. James Harden? I
1: mean, Harden's one, obviously. Chris Paul? And I think Harden last year... Harden had a a wonderful season, and he was – I think James Harden, we think, because he was such a high-flying scorer for so long that that's all he does. He was a really good distributor last year. I thought he was very unselfish for Philadelphia last year. I'm
2: going to say James Harden, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, You are – well, Westbrook is
1: totally in this discussion as well, but that's not who I was thinking of. Chris Paul, yes. Sam? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's the other Mm -hmm. one, yep. Yep. I mean, and Irving, I realize probably is the reason that Cleveland won that title. But I, at what point are you like, yeah, man, I, one year rental for forty million to to load, manage, and get disappointed in the playoffs? I just, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Well, I saw the other thing, uh, NBA thing that perked my ears up is apparently the uh, Pacers' top free agent target is off the board already, and free agency... Has yeah, that was big yet. news.
1: Harrison Barnes yesterday, three years... Uh, what did I see? Three years? $54 year, million. $54 million to, to stay, stay, with stay in Sacramento. And so that probably turns up the wick a little bit, to use a racing term, on the Pacers' pursuit of Max Struess, who Scott Agnes is one that's reported, I believe, that, that Max Struess of Miami is... Um, Max Struess of Miami is now like a target for the Pacers. He's an outside shooter. Another one like a former, you know, undrafted player that has really blossomed in Miami. The Pacers have gone that route before. I, You know, Chris Copeland comes to mind like guys that then they come here and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That was pretty circumstantial where they were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, By the way, somebody just texted this to us, to you and I, Mark. I'm Jake Sage. I have no clue who Oasis, who oh, Oasis is. How, how is that possible?
2: You've definitely heard Champagne Supernova or Wonderwall, 100. percent Don't look back in anger. Yeah. Live forever. Rock and roll know. star. Yeah. That, I mean, that, Champagne no
1: Supernova way. in general.
2: Yeah. There's no way. I fight. I, I think that that text might be BS. If you ask me. Well, you're included on it, and they have I, your number two. Oh, I didn't. I didn't check my phone yet. But we're off and running on a Friday. We've got a long holiday weekend upcoming. Hopefully you're safe and sound. I know there's a lot of power outages still across central Indiana. So hopefully your family's safe and sound. You don't have too many trees or branches to clean up in your yard. But join us on this Friday. We'll get you set for the 4th of July weekend. Greg Rakestraw joins us at 730. And we've got Joel Erickson joining us at 9. You're listening to Kevin Inquiry, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. <laughs> Rough night for the Indiana Fever last night as they fall to the Phoenix Mercury. 85-63, they got whooped. Three-game losing streak to wrap up their three-game road trip. They've lost four out of five. Not a great start. They'll get back at it Sunday when they host the Chicago Sky at 4 p.m.
1: Speaking of Chicago, by the way, street race for NASCAR this weekend in Chicago. Now, Mark, you are a Chicago native, and Uh I— Don't know the answer. Do you think people in Chicago are fascinated and intrigued by this, or annoyed by the interruption Uh, of daily travel?
2: The latter, by far. Yeah, it's like a two point two mile an hour mile hour mile course, and yeah, people are annoyed that they're like, "What do you mean I can't get to work this way? I have to go." It's been like a multi week inconvenience. So yeah, they're like, "Get this out of here." You really think so? I know so. Yeah, I've (laughs) I've seen people who are complaining about their commute has been completely disrupted for this race that no one is interested in in Chicago. I think it'll draw pretty interesting numbers because I, I, I am fascinated to see what the aerial views are going to be. That that should be pretty interesting TV. I don't know how many people are actually interested in it locally.
1: I, I'm curious about it because I wonder how much, like IndyCar, obviously with Streetcar, I, I have always felt with a street course for IndyCar, there are a couple of cities that I have always been intrigued with IndyCar trying to do a street course race, Chicago isn't necessarily one of them. I'm curious to see if they've patched all the potholes.
2: What if what if like Chase Elliott hits a pothole? Well, they right had on, to. Have, I they, would hope so. They had hey, to if, smoothed it all out, right? I would hope so. If NASCAR came to town and they fixed all the potholes, maybe Chicago will be more open to it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh,
1: Major League Baseball yesterday. Speaking of Chicago, Cubs losers to the Phillies, three-one. It was the Pirates five-four over the Padres. Brewers over the Mets, Dodgers over the Rockies, Kansas City, the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Yankees, all winners as well. The Yankees, 10-4 winners over the Oakland Athletics. Astros over the Cardinals in interleague play, 11-4. It was the Rays 14, over... nothing. What's What'd I say?
2: 11-4. Where did I get that? I don't know.
1: Yeah, 14 nothing. <laughs> Astros over the Cardinals. That's weird. Uh, Rays over the Diamondbacks, 6-1. Sorry that you're...
2: Every time about... they're on the doorstep of catching your Orioles, my oh, Diamondbacks hit a snag. <laughs>
1: That's the way it works in our race for PBR. Marlins over the Red Sox, Blue Jays over the Giants, and the Indianapolis Indians, 9-8 winners over the Louisville Bats. Again, that game in Louisville, but victory field yesterday out of commission due to the storms, so the Savannah Bananas game did not take place. In the association, talking about the NBA, Harrison Barnes resigns with Sacramento. That is one of the targets, as we talked about, for the Pacers that is now off the board. Additionally, James Harden... Opting in at over $36 million a year this year, who would not opt in for that? But the Sixers have said, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to retain him. So Philadelphia now looking to perhaps move James Harden. Early word is that they will try to facilitate something that lands him in Los Angeles with the Clippers to pair with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So basically out West, you would have the power team, if you will, of the Clippers against the power team, if you will, of the Suns. And then the Denver Nuggets, who are homegrown, just beating both of them.
2: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. It's the way it works. So we'll see what happens. NBA Free Agency officially starts today at 6 p.m.
1: Whoosh! Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Anything else we need to swoosh to?
2: Nah. Greg Rakestraw. He's coming up next. We can talk a little uh, Colts suspensions with him and what's next for both guys and, and all that stuff. So
1: so the Colts news yesterday amongst the NFL what became official it became official what we have known for a while Isaiah Rodgers now and I want to elaborate on and we'll get into this with Greg when he joins us next the terms of the suspension for Isaiah Rodgers a little bit different than I think what was anticipated but not surprising based on precedent we'll explain that and get into more with Greg and we'll do it on the other side you're listening to Kevin Eckwarry 935 5, 1075 the fan
4: You are listening to Kevin and Inquiry on 935 and 1075 the fan.
1: Okay, so I'm going to make an executive decision here. And I mean this not in a snarky way at all. I for the next few bumpbacks, Sam, we're going to play Oasis songs and I want it like the big ones. Champagne Supernova, Wonderwall because I do and I get it. There are people that are like, I've never heard of them. Now, I have a hard time believing if you were alive in the mid-90s. And I get saying, like, you've never heard them. Yeah, you might not
2: be familiar with their songs. Like,
1: I'm not a country music fan, so I couldn't tell you a song from Dirks Bentley, but I absolutely know the name Dirks Bentley. Mm -hmm. I know who, you know, Florida Georgia Line. I mean, I know those acts, right? Right. Oasis was so ubiquitous in the pop culture news stream of the mid-90s, just in terms of... I mean everything from declaring that they're bigger than the beatles to like fighting on stage to you know i I don't know they just maybe i'm a little bit biased because i was in my mid-20s at the time but i do feel like wonderwall and champagne supernova in general those two songs and i totally get it people are like i've never heard them and then you hear the song you're like oh yeah okay the same is true of led zeppelin like there are zeppelin songs that you would say to somebody, like, do you know Dire Maker? And they're like, I've never heard of that song. And then you play it, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I just didn't know that was the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, great show last night, but I do realize, Noel Gallagher, I, I, I'm fascinated by it because nobody was there, and I think most people didn't realize, oh, that's who that is. Yeah.
2: Well, let's ask our, our, our first guest of the day. I'm sure he's very familiar with Oasis.
1: Uh, joining us now on the Payless Sugars Hotline, of course you hear him on this radio station uh, amongst a billion different media outlets in terms of play-by-play for various sports throughout the state. Greg Ragstraw joins us. Greg, your favorite Oasis song would be what? Wonderwall. Okay. And you, how many, if you had to, on a one to ten scale, ten being the most, one being the least, your level of fandom of Oasis was what? Probably a six. Okay, so, so you could probably name off the top, I mean, I'm not asking you to do so right now, but what would you say the average person could name? Four to six songs?
5: I'd say the average person can name two to three. Four to six might be a little bit much. You well,
1: I, I guess I should rephrase hardcore, that. But- I guess I should rephrase that. The average person, if you played for them the songs and had to say, you have or have not heard this before, that would probably be what, four to six?
5: In that neighborhood, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Um, you are up bright and early on a Friday, man. Is that because you wanted to actually see the skyline since we haven't seen it the
5: last two days? It was certainly noticeable after the uh, storms that, you know, knocked down tree limbs, thankfully not at my house, but knocked out power at my house uh, for about four hours or so last night and and yesterday afternoon. But uh, no, I I had an eight o'clock appointment, but you can probably hear it in my voice. I started feeling a little bit under the weather last night. I am feeling much better this morning, but out of an abundance of caution Thing. I'm going to kind of ease into my day and make my first thing a a a new lunch in terms of being out in the world this morning.
1: Okay, let's begin with this: the Colts news. Um, I will in, interject my opinion in a second, but first and foremost, just your overall reaction. To yesterday becoming official, what we all knew was coming, and that was that Isaiah Rodgers would indeed be suspended. But instead of one year, it is quote unquote indefinite. Your thoughts? And there was a a second player that, admittedly, in Rashad Berry that I was relatively unfamiliar with. I think we all were. That was also uh, caught up in this. But your overall thoughts?
5: Not surprising. And again, it was just a matter of when, not if. Uh, and so the team then elected to say, hey, we're going to just go ahead and cut ties immediately, which more or less was going to happen. Any player like a Rashad Barry was on a one-year deal, so if he's suspended indefinitely, then, you know, he's not going to be back. And Isaiah Rogers, we all knew he was at the end of his contract. Uh, and So the Colts elected to kind of make the statement of saying, hey, we're not going to tolerate this. We want no part of this. And, and, and moving on. So, again, this, this kind of happened when I was doing the midday show yesterday. I think I phrased it this way. It's breaking news, but it's not. We all knew it was going to happen. It's a matter of when. Here's the win, and Isaiah Rodgers is no longer a member of the Indianapolis Colts.
2: Greg, do you think either of these guys recover from this and have any sort of NFL career after this, or they're going to kind of be synonymous with with the gambling suspensions in the NFL?
5: You know, Barry was a guy that was a journeyman. I mean, he was literally here for a week last year, and just happened to be on the roster to start this season. I would say that's probably it for him, and, and that's not in a in a punitive manner. That is simply in the matter of hey, if you're a fringe roster guy and, you know, you're going to miss a year, that's it. Somebody else will kind of come in and, 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 you know, 38-somebody will come in and take your spot. Um, For Rodgers, if he can kind of clean things up, he was good enough to be not only a roster player but a starter for this team. I think he will get an opportunity as long as he never gambles on the National Football League ever again. I do think he's had a chance to play someplace else. I don't think that'll be here, but I think again, is, is he a, a an all-pro, Pro promo level player? Probably not. But is he a starting level player? Is he a pretty talented kick returner? Yes. And do I think that means if he can kind of stay clean, that he'll get a chance someplace else down the line? I honestly do. Here's the thing, Greg, and
1: with Isaiah Rodgers, when this came out. What we kept hearing was, you know, he's going to be suspended for a year. And I was saying yesterday, if part of this includes wagers on his own team, zero chance he's going to be limited to one year. And then it comes out as, quote-unquote, indefinite. Right. I'll bet you he never plays another game in the league.
5: That's, uh, yeah, It's possible. Because of it's that. Th- 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 that's the him. one that, that does him in. Uh, whether, and, and, in terms of sheer talent, he would get another look. If he gets reinstated in the National Football League.
1: No, I, I get that. But the other thing that comes into play, Greg, is I don't think people realize the the level of physical conditioning and just overall athleticism to play in the National Football League that sets you apart. I mean, you're talking about the top 0.1% of physical athletes in sports. Sure. And you take a year off from that. I think it is really difficult once you fall out of rhythm to to maintain that level of fitness and athleticism because you, there is such a you, fine line.
5: You can't replicate it. You know, you can train, you can keep yourself in shape, but you're, you're not gonna find, you know, you know, twenty five other dudes, you know, to uh you know to, to to replicate what a football practice is like. So you're absolutely right. And it's not like there is some league that would allow him to join because of this suspension, you know he's not going to go play in the CFL. I don't think the XFL or USFL will say, "Hey, why don't you come this way?" No, this is this is a scarlet letter. You know, you're you're not playing anybody's league. You know, anytime soon. I,
1: I think the scarlet letter is a good way of saying it. I I do feel like Greg. The. I said this earlier, and I it's not an easy way to live to be cynical about everything. Okay, it's not. But that's by nature how I am about a lot of things. And this is one of them. It's hard for me. I don't know the scope of this NFL investigation. So if you had to guess, Greg, would you say that like when this came out, when we heard that a player within the Colts organization was being investigated for gambling as part of an NFL probe. Do you believe this was an NFL-wide probe that happened to pop Isaiah Rogers? In other words, let's go back to one of my bad analogies, Greg. Greg Greg Gregstra joins us on the Payless Sickers Hotline. There are two ways that someone can get caught for driving while impaired. The first is that they happen to be driving home when the police have an an operation set up where they're pulling over every third car and testing everywhere. The other is someone's driving erratically, someone calls and says, this guy looks like he might be impaired, and that guy gets pulled over. Which was this? Was the NFL doing a probe in general of overlooking things and discovered this, or did they get alert of something going on and therefore honed in on it?
5: That could be both. Um, I am sure there is a tracking mechanism because of, you know, the thing that I am, you know, holding in my hand and talking to you on now acts as a locator for me. When I do something, there are those that know where I'm going to do that from. So I am sure that there is a, a, an NFL program, a, a, a tracking system. When a wager is placed on a mobile phone from at an NFL facility, that, that sets something in motion. I would think would be issue number one. But at the same time, let's look at kind of yesterday's story that was reported. I think I saw it first from the Action Network that, you know, it had been reported that most of the bets were $25 and $50 bets. But there was a $1,000 bet that was a, a, a play on an over-under in a Colts game in which Isaiah Rogers won, or whoever was betting for Isaiah, or whatever the account name uh, that he was betting under. And I guarantee you, even though that's still a relatively small wager, um, in comparison to the other wagers he had been making, I guarantee you that tripped a radar as well. So I think the answer to your question in in this case, Jake is both of those things.
1: Yeah. I I just, that's the big one. I I can't get past the, and I get it, Greg, as I mentioned earlier, you could probably, if you're the NFL, in terms of guys sitting around bored in the locker room during free time, and there's plenty of that. Quite frankly, we see yeah. we see plenty of guys sitting there listening to music or playing cornhole in the locker room. I mean, it's fun, right? It's it, it and I get I get it. But we see a lot. Of, how often, Greg, have you walked into a locker room and NBA, NFL, whatever it might be, and guys are sitting in their folding chair at their locker looking at their phone? I mean, they're texting, yeah. but they're just like any of us, right? I have a hard time believing, Greg, that before – I think now it's very definitive. But six months ago, and I realize to the players they probably were told this repeatedly, but I I have a hard time believing that when it comes to placing a $15 wager on the Padres-Rockies game that only four guys in the National Football League did that from inside a team facility in the last year.
5: That's a fair point. And what I would say to that is this. I would think that this story will get everybody's attention for a while. But a couple of months down the road, a few weeks down the road, this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And again, the the place where these guys really will get educated on this is in the off-season team activities, especially the rookies when they, when they first get you know, to their respective teams. There is so much in terms of rookie symposiums and things like that. Uh, we're so much a start up these guys. This will be part of it. This will now be an annual refresher course, but I guarantee you somebody else will get popped for this at some point in time during the course of the year, because it's, 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 you know, first and foremost in your mind now, but it'll quickly fade to the back for, for, for some players. So we're going to keep just just because of the prevalence of gambling, not because of sponsorships in the national football league, but because of the relative ease in which anybody can place a wager these days, I guarantee you this this story will repeat itself, whether it's at some point in time during the regular season or at some point in time during the off season next year.
2: Is it going to come to a point where the NFL has to reevaluate the, their gambling policies? Or like, okay, one hundred percent, you cannot gamble on NFL games, but MLB, NBA, okay, will we'll let you do that. Is it going to come to that slippery slope? I know. Yeah, I know exactly.
5: I, I think they're gonna. That I saw this this PR list yesterday. Um, you know, basically it was it was six pretty simple rules. I mean, this, these are not these are not paragraph you know treaties. These were like sentences. Don't ever wager on the National Football League. Don't wager you know from the facility. Um, you know, th- I think it's pretty cut and dry. They'll say simply say if you're in the employ of a National Football League team, mm-hmm. you cannot wager at the facility. Period. End of sentence. And that's what they're going to leave it. You know, the
1: the Greg. To me, with this, I go back to, and I get it. I'm not saying they're wrong. The NFL, of of any sports league, Greg, there is none that is smarter about their marketing, their imagery, than than the National Football League. And when they say that they want to uphold the integrity of the game, they're not stupid. They know they know what drives the interest in games for a lot of people and what they want to make emphatically clear is they want to uphold the integrity of your wager on their games.
5: And
6: I get it. Correct.
5: I get yeah, it. And and Jake let's face it, you know that has been the case before gambling sponsorships were prevalent. 1,000 million,
1: is- 1, million percent, Greg. 1,000 million percent.
5: Why Why do we have injury reports every week and have had them for 20, 25 years or longer? That's kind of been the tacit nod to this dating back to the last millennium. So that's been the case for a long time, Jay. I mean,
1: Greg, I, my dad and I – it's funny. My dad and I were talking about this. My dad has a lot of reservation and hesitation about gambling, which he's never had a problem with it. I'm not saying that, but, but he just – I think it's just always rubbed him the wrong way. And that was kind of instilled in me, actually, at a young age. So I I totally get it. But I told my dad, I said, Dad, when, when I was seven years old, how did I become familiar with the National Football League? Because what would we do every week together? And what we did and how I became familiar with teams in the NFL was my dad would pick up the sports page and in the back it had the latest line and he would read to me okay green bay at tampa bay and i'd be like oh seven points and we we would see what the line was i don't know that i knew at that age that it was about gambling but my point being just because gambling has only recently been legalized does not mean that it has not been ubiquitous in the nfl culture. absolutely no doubt
5: no doubt about that whatsoever
2: greg i want to pivot to pacers free agency Targets. We saw that Harrison Barnes is going to stick with the Sacramento Kings three years, $54 million. I think a lot of people had him as a possible top free agent target for the Pacers. Is there anyone on the free agent market that you like that you could see could be a fit for the Pacers?
5: Yeah, I thought Barnes was that guy. Um, And now I kind of wonder, does this push the Pacers back into the trade market? You know, because I thought Barnes was really a good fit. And the guy that I likened it to yesterday on the show, even though it's a... It's, the game is played differently, their, their games are different. Um, but I'm like, that might be almost like a David West signing, you know, a guy that, that's a veteran player. You bring him on a couple of year deal. You think he's the final piece that kind of elevates you. Well, clearly that's not going to happen now is so he's going to stick in Sacramento. Well, and yeah, they've got a good thing going in Sacramento there too. So now you kind of think, okay, does this maybe force your hand in terms of trying to trade for and extend a player like OG Ananobi, um, you know, if, if if the seventh pick was was too rich for your blood or the Raptors wanted more, I'm not sure that a couple of draft picks can be between 15 and 20, which I we'll think the Pacers are going to have next year. I'm not sure if that and, and kind of spare pieces, you know, would be enough, you know, to bring in a player like Anadoby. So I, I think it's honestly a, a, a little bit of a reset for the Pacers, knowing they kind of have such, such of a one specific need. And that is a guy that can, you know, it's really kind of a glorified three, but really a guy that would play that stretch four these days in the NBA, that's the specific type of player they are looking at. Because, again, they've got so many pieces already under contract. They kind of need a little more depth at that spot. That's what the Pacers are looking for. You know, for.
1: Greg, the, the thing with me, Max Struess is one whose name has been floated around. And he's been a good player for Miami. Not a great player, but he's been a, he's been a nice player and a good story. An undrafted player, really good shooter, which probably the Pacers need a little bit. But I think they should learn from the ghost of Chris Chris Copeland, there is a danger in overpaying for a guy that was a situational really good player elsewhere. And Miami has a track record of situational guys that their system makes guys really good players. That does not mean that they are really good players in every system. Does that make sense?
5: Right. agree. And, and Scherz is not a guy that to me – Moves the needle greatly because uh, I think he fits more in that 2-3 range than, say, that power forward 4.
2: NBA free agency starts today at 6. Not ideal that the Pacers might be heading back to the drawing board before it even officially starts, but that's where we're at right now. Greg, last one from me. I don't know where the this holiday weekend falls on your holiday power rankings. What's your favorite part of 4th of July? Um,
5: family get-togethers, I guess, and I, I say that, like, very unconvincingly. I guess because I look at everything through the prism of sports 4th of July has never been that, I mean, it's the declaration of independence, American independence is a great thing. Um, but in terms of like, you know, like the party, I'm kind of like, eh, um, you know, there's 4th of July is not a great sports holiday. I'm not a big fireworks guy. So I appreciate the day off. Usually like my tradition is to get, get around a golf in, which I'll be doing that on, on Tuesday. Um, but, but other than that, it's probably pretty far down the holiday depth chart. What about you guys?
1: Okay, here's the thing, Greg, the holiday depth chart. Christmas, I think for most people, is clearly number one, right? Yep. So what? So two and three, I, is Thanksgiving your number two?
5: Thanksgiving is, is a number two. Uh, Labor Day is probably number three. Really? Just wow. because it, in my world, I know I get a couple three days off before the grind of the football season really gets underway. So I'm a big Labor Day person. Obviously Memorial Day is 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 very important, but also because of where we live, it's kind of a big stinking deal. So it's part of what pushes the Fourth of July even further down the death chart.
1: Okay. If you were to poll Americans, what's the least popular holiday? I, I'm. I mean, obviously, like Arbor Day or Flag Day, but but of the of the actual holidays, and this isn't one that you get off work, I guess. But I think most people, if you put them on on a lie detector test, would tell you that they. are I'm not saying they dislike it, but I think most people would find Valentine's Day to be the one that's the, the most eye roll. Well,
5: see, I I don't consider Valentine's Day a holiday. Yeah, it's not a
1: federal holiday. I get it. Right. Like if we
5: were going with like you know the. The, the cranberry sauce of Thanksgiving dinner, uh, of holidays, I would think Columbus Day, because people do get that day off. That Some people get that day off. That would be the day. Or, or President's Day would probably be the day that we get selected, because, again, that is a federal holiday for most.
2: See, I'm going to probably upset some people. I would say Easter Sunday, because you usually don't get the Friday before or the Monday off. So you just have the get-together on Sunday, and then you're back at it. You're like, oh, okay, there's a holiday. I mean, there's nothing worse than
1: this year when Christmas fell on – wasn't Christmas on a Sunday?
2: Oh, that stunk. Yeah.
1: Or was it on – and it's just like, oh, my gosh, like you you basically got no time off. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a buzzkill, right? But All right, well, Greg, enjoy your – just pretend it's Labor Day, right? And then you'll enjoy it more, right? Exactly. Enjoy your Independence Day. Always a pleasure, Greg. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Thanks, fellas. All right, Greg on the Payless Cigars yeah, yeah. You know, I I have thoughts on Independence Day. Okay. Probably unpopular ones. All right. We, well, can, get we, to can, that.
2: we can get in here on popular opinions on the other side of the break. Uh,
1: Joel A. Erickson joins us in an hour. You're listening to a Friday edition. Happy Friday to you in just before kind of the, the long weekend for a lot of people. It's Kevin Acquery here, 93.5-1075-THE-FAN. <laughs>
4: you are listening to Kevin and Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So I only said
1: that we will, and thank you Sam for playing this, play the Oasis songs because and I get it. Let that go a little bit so people can hear it. I, last night I went to see Noel Gallagher at Ruoff and I think that the weather was a factor. They only sold like, somebody told me 4,000 tickets. I heard like it was a the sales were a complete flop, <clears throat> and I think a lot of that is because Noel Gallagher's a pretty, you know, polarizing guy. Obviously, I mean, he's kind of a jerk, but but I don't know that people realize that it's the one of the two members of Oasis. And when I mentioned that earlier, people were like, "I don't, I don't know anything about Oasis." They sold seventy million albums in a four-year stretch from nineteen ninety-five to, to ninety-nine. I looked up, mm-hmm. so they were. I mean they were massive they were a huge band and I think they're and I get it I think there are a lot of people that are like I don't recognize the name of the band but then you hear the songs like that one I think most people be like okay I have heard that before
2: yeah um, even if you're walking in like a supermarket wherever you had to have heard that song I would imagine or Wonderwall yeah which is
1: we'll play also mm-hmm. um good morning to you on a Friday by the way the 4th of July coming up Independence Day obviously the the holiday itself that is on Tuesday is that correct Correct. So we will not be doing a show on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Our place of employment has been kind enough to give us both days off, so we will resume on Wednesday. So for those of you who are making plans, traveling, whatever it may be, if you are also getting Monday off, uh, get ready to enjoy a long weekend. Hopefully the weather cooperates. In terms of Independence Day and the 4th of July holiday Mm – here is my thought on that and I, I let me let me state my opinion and then you tell me Mark Dyketon if you think that I'm off base sure okay. I loved when I was a kid, the Fourth of July was always a special holiday because I loved going downtown for the fireworks celebration. Mm-hmm. I was always kind of captivated by it. nothing beats the year San Diego. Do you remember that like 10 years ago? The city of san diego when they did their firework display and they all went off
2: simultaneously
1: <laughs> yes. they somehow they had some mishap yeah and they all went off at the same time it's like oh my gosh that was a hell of a 30 seconds <laughs> no doubt but the grand finale and the music i i loved it and i remember as a kid with my parents driving downtown and in those days You couldn't, you would drive to Florida and you would pass Sad Sam's fireworks, but Mm -hmm. fireworks for the most part, most of them were outlawed in the state of Indiana. So it was like this big treat, right? You could get, I mean, you could always buy bottle rockets and like little whippersnappers, but in terms of the big ones that like, you know, some jackass will blow his hand off, that kind of thing, you, you couldn't get them. My only thing with this is going to be a hot take that people are going to kill me for, but. There are going to be a percentage of people that hear what I'm about to say that go, amen, okay? I love, not like, I love the United States. I love what it stands for. I love what it, everything about it. Who doesn't, right? And I am absolutely proud to be an American citizen. I think I told you this year for the first year during taps at the Indianapolis 500, I actually like welled up. My buddy Michael from Australia was with me up there in the perch and he's like, man, like he's like the the hair on my arms stood up, but part of it was because I looked over and saw like what that moment means to you. So don't come at me and say I'm not patriotic, right? I love the United States and I love everything about what it represents. I'm waiting for the butt. Somehow, maybe I'm just I don't know why it is, but it seems to me that somehow in the last 10 years or so maybe the movie Joe Dirt had something to do with it I don't know there became almost a mockery of patriotism like it became patriotism in this country to a lot of people became not about exhibiting how much they love the United States but almost making sport of going overboard intentionally by wearing American flag denim cut off jeans and dressing yourself like the flag and yelling out America and acting almost like you are mocking patriotism. Mm -hmm. And that always bothered me a little bit. I'm like, I I don't think that that's as cool as people think. But, And I I love the community aspect of gathering to celebrate our independence, albeit small town parades. We went to the Greensburg parade when I was a kid. I loved it kids waving the flag I loved all of that what I don't love so here is your butt is I loved the community coming together collectively to watch a community-based fireworks show that encompassed the celebration for everybody in one fell swoop I totally understand that people like to sit in their backyard with their kids or in the cul-de-sac and let off fireworks I get it the people that decide though in the neighborhood until 1 o'clock in the morning to set off their own. There is a neighbor of Shannon's who lets off, like, you know the aerial, what's it called, a mortar bomb? yeah. There is a neighbor of Shannon's. I'm talking like the type that the Speedway uses at 6 Mm a.m. A neighbor of Shannon's does that starting, well, two days ago until probably July 8th multiple times a night and i'm talking like rattling the windows and setting off car alarms in the neighborhood and like people on facebook saying like listen we get it if you want to celebrate the fourth on the third or the fourth that's fine but have a little decorum here and then the response of course is i guess you hate america just don't be a jackass right yeah no, I agree. Have I mean- a little consideration for other people. That's the, So what I'm getting at is I love Independence Day, but I hate the people—hate is a wrong word. I get annoyed by the people that take it to an extreme abundance, all almost for the mere sake of trying to create reason to be able to then say to people, I just love this country more than you do, obviously— Get over it.
2: Yeah, when it's two in the morning, you're trying to get some sleep and you're kaboom, you're like, all right. Like yeah, enough. I mean, put them away for the it, night. It's guy. amazing. I, I just don't remember. Okay.
1: You go out at nine or ten o'clock at night on July fourth and it sounds like a war zone. That fine. That's cool. I get it. What I don't like is people that totally attack you. For just being like, okay, it's July sixth. We're good now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you, you you're just con- okay. Like, have some level of decency about it.
2: Well, especially as a as a former dog owner, like my oh. dog hated Fourth of July, and I know a lot of dogs do hate Fourth of July, and and with great reason. But yeah, when you're hitting them at two in the morning, like, all right, my dog's already scared and like peed on the rug. Like, I don't need to keep doing this till three in the morning. And beyond July fourth. Like wrap it up. You want to set a couple off on July fifth? Fine. But a week later, two weeks before, let's let's pump the brakes just a little bit.
1: I, I think that they would I think people that do that would be surprised to realize that not as many of their neighbors think they're as cool as they think. Right. Yeah.
2: I, I totally get. It. I mean, you
1: want to set up a couple spinners in the driver for the kids or a couple I
2: that's cool. Yeah.
1: But, but save like save the, the other
2: ones, save the big ones for next year.
1: The two hour like deal until two it's like, come on, man.
2: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm there with you on that one.
1: Uh, my buddy Dewey sends me this. I love the fact that they're doing a street race in Chicago, just not necessarily for NASCAR. Um, yeah. Let man. me read you an article from WGN, okay? I'm reading verbatim here from WGNTV.com. Kyle Busch is no Taylor Swift. While the singing sensation is credited with helping fill 97% of Chicago hotel rooms during her June concerts at Soldier Field, there are plenty of rooms available. At relatively low prices during this weekend's NASCAR race, the Hilton Chicago, which overlooks the race route in in Grant Park, do you go route or route? Route. Okay. Uh, has rooms available for two hundred and seventy-eight dollars per night this weekend. The high-end JW Marriott in the Loop is offering rooms at three sixty-five per night, and the swanky Four Seasons is offering accommodations for seven hundred dollars. None of the prices are off the charts for Chicago summer weekend.
2: Taylor Swift uh hotel stays when she was in Chicago we're going for 2300. seriously mm-hmm.
1: the Taylor Swift
2: thing and to you had me, to get three you had to buy three nights worth Taylor Swift to me
1: I mean and I it is fascinating I mean she must be an unbelievable performer she's clearly right now the biggest performer in the world the fact that she plays like you know four straight nights at Jerry World in Dallas and sells it out and, and I will say this for Taylor Swift. And I'm going to now be the person talking about when I said like Oasis, people like, like I don't know that I can name a Taylor Swift song. I'm sure if I heard some of them, be like, oh yeah, I get it. But I don't know anybody who has gone to see her that has not said she's an unbelievable performer. I mean, I know people who have gone to like take their daughter there, and they're like, oh my gosh, she is worth every penny because she is amazing.
2: Yeah, she came to Indy. What I don't know how long ago it was five years ago or something. She saw that Lucas Oil Stadium. I was intrigued to go. And Ashley's like, I don't know, and this and that. And I was like, shit, heck, I'd like to go. Did you just swear? No, I said, shoot, uh, shoot, I'd like to that. go. I don't know about
1: that. Sam, <laughs> like you to- got your finger on the dub button over there? Sam <laughs> would- Fritz just woke up.
2: I would like to go. I was, I thought she's a very good talent and all that stuff. I think she's like, oh, you just think she's cute. I'm like, she's, she's not ugly, but I also enjoy her. I enjoy her songs. I think she's got a great music. And I, again, like you said, I've never heard a single person say that she's put on a bad concert. I've not, not heard one person that paid Whatever she's, whatever the tickets are going for, that she's, no, not lived up to the expectations. So
1: back to the Taylor Swift selling out Chicago like nobody's business, and NASCAR struggling to do so. Um, I am curious to see how it goes with a street race in Chicago with NASCAR. It, it's kind of a collision of of culture to an extent. I get why NASCAR is doing it; they're trying to. You know, NASCAR has run obviously in Chicagoland for for years but a street course race is different um there are areas that i I think there are certain cities like for indycar to do a street race and for those that don't know let me explain the difference because i realize not everybody listening is a diehard race fan street course and road course two different things both of them involve left and right handed turns both of them are usually multi-mile long circuits a road course is a permanent facility. Watkins Glen is a road course. Sonoma is a road course. Barber is a road course. A street course is a temporary facility that utilizes city streets. One of the real challenges of a street course is there is you don't realize this when you're driving, but all roads have a bit of a crown in them for water runoff purposes. When you are driving a car, in particular from an IndyCar standpoint that's you know 20 inches off the ground, and you're doing so at a high rate of speed, it, it disrupts the balance of your car a little bit, and it's very challenging. I have always felt like IndyCar, from a street course standpoint, should try to do, I've always thought it would be a, a natural to do a double header and call it like the twin duels, or whatever, in mm-hmm. the Twin Cities. Because in the Great Plains, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Minnesota, racing is really, really, really popular. And I think it would work there.
2: Um, can I ask you a, a – because I don't know about this NASCAR, but with the race course, are they still doing stages, or is that just for lap course? Like, how is how – is, are they just doing that for circuits? Yeah. That is actually an excellent question because that's where NASCAR NASCAR's kind of lost me. Is the confusion of the stages and all they this do stuff. stages have gotten for way too complicated? Well, they
1: do stages here on the road course at Indianapolis. so yeah. I would imagine they must do the stage racing as well on the
2: street course. That's where NASCAR's kind of lost me, where they're overcomplicating it instead of just like, okay, whoever is leading in the final lap is the winner. Now it's like stages and points and all. It's like, okay, all right. I think a You're lot starting
1: people, to lose me. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people that probably would. Agree with you on that.
2: Yeah, and I'm a very casual NASCAR fan, so you're you're not hitting the. Uh, I think the, the danger fan. or
1: the the balance that NASCAR probably needs to grab and, and IndyCar as well. Racing is a niche sport, and I think that when you are a niche sport, it's important to slowly introduce yourself to people instead of like you can't. I've always said you can't teach somebody algebra who doesn't know how to do long division. So you have to do. The basic steps first, and then get people hooked. So, yes, you have to kind of keep it simple. Admittedly, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll be curious to see how it does go this weekend. Visually,
2: in visually on TV, I think it's going to be pretty It'll cool. Be cool. I'm curious to see what kind of turnout there is fan wise.
1: Uh, no, no stage racing for road and street courses this year. Thank you. Somebody okay. just pointed that out. Well, thank you for yeah, because I have no idea.
2: Uh who do you want? Let's go to uh let's go to Dave,
1: two three nine ten seventy. Dave joins us sure. on the program. Dave, what's up? Good morning.
7: Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Hanging
1: now. Dave, are you on your way to work? What what's got you up so early?
7: Um, uh, got an eight fifty four tea time. Oh uh, nice. where are you going? Where are you going? Uh one of the court lafayette area.
1: So All right, fair enough. All right, what's on your mind?
7: Well,
8: you know, I'm just weighing in on what you said about uh, the fourth of July. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um you know, we have animals and they just completely freak out. We've got a mm-hmm. we've got a place behind our house. They start they'll start lighting them off this weekend and it'll go
7: until the 5th. And um, you know, uh four-fingered Freddy and Tom Thumbless over there <laughs> blowing up.
1: <laughs> I mean, my thing is this, Dave. If people want to celebrate Independence Day, I totally get it, right? But like don't sit there and say that you are all of a sudden like a communist because you're like okay it's twelve thirty can we stop with the fireworks right that's fair right
7: right you know and um, where we live
8: you know it's it's on the boonies and so the you know that's just like
1: it's like manna from heaven when fireworks come around you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you they, I, and you do feel sorry for the animals man so Dave hit him straight today all right hey I shall you guys have a great one enjoy your holiday I you appreciate too. it um. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I I appreciate Dave agreeing with me. I figured people would call up here and and automatically like start calling me Kim Jong Un or
2: something. Oh, jeez. You know what I mean? That's a bit extreme, I would say. But well, the... I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Mean... I, I I agree with that. Like I said, as a former dog owner and all that, dog hated it. I'm curious how Boo is going to handle the Fourth uh, ah, of July. Boo's
1: chill. Is he? Yeah, he didn't.
2: He's, he's gonna be the one lighting the lighting the mortars off. <laughs> he's a cat,
1: right? Boo's like, yeah, whatever. He's he's totally chill with it. But dogs, man, dogs, dogs go crazy over it. Oh like yeah.
2: They, yeah, my dog it, hated it.
1: it. I, I don't is it the noise for dogs or is it the I mean yeah, obviously I mean, obviously it's the noise, but like storms though, like dogs can sense like the the bariatric mm-hmm. pressure changes and they start freaking out yeah, my I mean, dog would a go bad the, deal.
2: My dog would go in the bathroom, like hide in the shower when storms would come through. So, yeah, fireworks were no no joke either there. Rob, what's up? What's Rob? up, Rob? Rob?
7: Hey, I just wanted to say uh, my Saturday is
5: now completely screwed up because I had tickets to last night's Savannah Bananas game. So now we're going on Saturday at noon, but because of my wonderful departed uncle Dave Benner, we're going to the Dave Matthews concert on Saturday night. Well, That's a long day.
2: That is a long day. <laughs> you got to pace that's yourself. A, that's a fun day, though. But listen,
5: Rob, I get to I get to go with my daughter, so that'd be awesome. We're going to boats, so.
1: And you know what? Benner'd probably be happy that you're going to the bananas game too, because certainly Bill Benner, your other uncle, loves like yep. supporting the local sports, right? And Dave Benner, who was the biggest Dave Matthews fan ever, um, yes. And I I know that on the JMV takeover, Bill Benner called in recently to have him play. Dave Matthews, and I called Bill and said, listen, I, I'm I'm a little bit upset with you that you would hijack my Saturday by making me listen to a Dave Matthews song <laughs> while I'm driving around, but because it was for Dave Benner, I totally get it. Um, yes. Rob, let me say this, man, and you know this. I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know, but as you know, your Uncle Dave was a beloved figure not only within the city of Indianapolis for Pacer fans, but amongst the local media, Absolutely. and he spotted for me I think it was two years ago I had him. He came up with me in the perch for NASCAR weekend, and he had gone to Dave Matthews the night before. He was – at that time it was when he was battling his illness, but he he yep. soldiered through to be able to go. Um, when you are at Dave Matthews, I know I don't have to tell you this, but when you are stopping to think about your uncle and what that concert meant to him – uh, just be aware of the fact that you are doing so and representing a ton of people because Dave was a beloved figure and is still missed on the regular by people in this town.
5: Well, the last time I saw Dave Matthews was nineteen ninety six and he opened up for Big Head Todd and the Monsters in Fort Wayne. Wow. Indiana. Wow.
1: Man, that you
5: wanna so, talk <laughs>
1: And and so now that Big that Head that Todd's that, like playing that the Vogue, that vogue that right? It goes for me. That's the last
5: time I saw Dave. So I'm I pulled one out of the uh, the uh cradle this weekend we're gonna go ahead and go and in representation and enjoy the show so well enjoy it man enjoy pace, that and enjoy yourself the game. on
2: saturday dave that's right or rob <laughs>
1: go easy rob at the savannah bananas game and don't get too crazy right that's pretty awesome though uh let's go to jj what's up jj
7: hey what's up fellas happy friday from muncie home of the ball state cardinals always fly the w let's go chirp chirp
1: <laughs> that's right
7: Hey, uh, just a, a a couple of good pluses for this weekend. I like they just came up with this new campground right at the corner of Maryland and uh, 146th called Close By. It's pretty cool. So it's uh, just down from Ruoff. So, you know, if you go to Ruoff and you've had you a couple or something like that, you can hit that campground. I saw
1: and, that. I saw that last night. People were already starting to yeah. camp out.
7: Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of people. And they, they weathered the storm also. And uh, another plus, this rain really helped. Kind of clear that air, man. That, mm-hmm. That's really good rain. Needed the rain. The air is clear. So it's perfect for the 4th July weekend. And lastly, about the fireworks. <laughs> Where I grew first, and they ended January 1st, and they started again January 1st.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Man. I'm telling you what. I,
7: what in- is done, let's get it done. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Y'all have JJ. a great weekend. Thanks, you JJ.
1: Chirp, chirp. I'm telling you, I, I think it's supposed to rain, right?
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Looks like everybody, every day but Monday has got rain in the forecast at some point. From now to like next Friday.
1: By the way, speaking of the Savannah Bananas, that's taking place on Saturday, but there's baseball to talk about last night to lead us off in the morning checkdown.
4: The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the Fan.
2: Real, real quick, if you're on the line, uh, stick around through the break. we got an open segment until Joel Erickson joins us at 9. So, if you're calling in, stay on the line. We'll get to you. Hang Phillies over the
1: Cubs last night, 3-1 in Major League Baseball. It was Pittsburgh over the Padres, 5-4. Brewers over the Mets, 3-2. The Cincinnati Reds had the day off, but the Cardinals losing to the Astros – 14-0. Astros thought about going for too late, but just went ahead and kicked the extra point. Uh, Rays over the Diamondbacks, 6-1. It was Miami, Toronto, New York, that's the Yankees. The Tigers, White Sox, and Royals all getting wins. Indianapolis Indians, 9-8 winners last night in Louisville over the bat.
2: Not a good night for the Indiana Fever. They got whooped by the Phoenix Mercury, 85-63. That's now a three-game losing streak and losing losers of four of their last five. They get, try to get back on track when they host the Chicago Sky Sunday back at Gainbridge Fieldhouse at 4 p.m. Uh, in the
1: NFL yesterday, not a good day either for Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry. Those two Colts have been released from the franchise after the announcement from the National Football League that they will be suspended as part of the investigation in gambling. Isaiah Rogers suspended, quote, indefinitely. He, it turns out, Placed 100 small wagers, quote unquote, including a $1,000 wager on a parlay prop bet involving the Indianapolis Colts in a game in which he played. So, Isaiah Rogers Sr., now the cornerback for the Colts, it is official what we had long expected, and that is the fact that he will be out indefinitely in the NFL. In the NBA, free agency, James Harden deciding, yes, indeed, I will go ahead and take the option and take my $36.5 million from Philadelphia this Who year. The Sixers say, well, we'll see about that because they are now trying to set up a trade for Harden. The Clippers believe to be a destination of choice. Harrison Barnes signs a three year deal to stay in Sacramento. He was a target for Pacers in free agency. What else we got? What else we got as we return back? Uh, Nine o'clock, Joel A. Erickson joins us. We'll take your phone calls. Phone lines are lit up like the fireworks are going to be over the course of the weekend. 239 1070. It is Kevin and Querry here on The Fan.
4: Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
1: Half past eight. Jake Quarry, Mark Dykton, Sam Fritz spinning the hits for us.
2: The Oasis hits.
1: Now this, the beginning of this though, I don't know that anybody would remember
3: this part of it, right? I, I think this is the most famous part of the song. No way. I Okay. This might be an age difference. At least for people my age, Wonderwall is just a meme. It's not known as the number one hit that it was. Uh, th- there's a phrase that people say, and Mark, you might have heard of this. Whenever there's like an awkward silence in the conversation, you just go, anyway, here's Wonderwall, and then the beginning of the song.
1: Do you know? Are you familiar with this, Mark? I am not, no. I, anybody? But, but get to the chorus. Go to the chorus. Of All it. right, give me a second. We should do a poll on this. Which is more immediately recognized, the beginning of the song or this? This would be the part people would recognize like the
3: average person would go, Oh yeah, okay, I know that, right? I'd say either or. I think the beginning of the song or the chorus, they're both very famous.
2: I would lean for Jake
3: on this one, but anybody under the age of thirty, please call into the show and validate that anyway. There's way nobody under Wonderwall. the age of thirty
1: listening to the <laughs> show after our last diatribe. <laughs> that's that's the issue, right? Uh Michael joins us on the program on line number three, hi, Sam. Hi. What's up, Michael? Hey Jay, good morning sir. Happy Fourth of July to you and Mark, man. Uh, good seeing you there night. What's going on?
8: Now, I'm tell you, um we talked about in the thing uh, in the YouTube chat. One thing I, I mean, I don't have an issue with fireworks and stuff like that. But after the Fourth of July, being a veteran and stuff like that, it kind of brought, can bring up PTSD issues, which I've had in the past because of being in the service and stuff. And it almost cost me, to, almost a few times, it cost me to get into a few fights with the people who did it.
1: You know what, Michael, and I appreciate it, um, and appreciate the service as well, and Happy Independence Day! To you, you're not the only one to point that out. A couple of people have said that, along with we you know we know animals. Obviously, with I mean, just for example, like the 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 huge aerial mortar bombs. I mean, I'm talking like the window rattling. If you're setting those off in the in a neighborhood, it's like, come on, man. yeah,
2: yeah. Be you respectful know? of your neighbors. I mean, I've
1: veterans in general, and you know, Michael. Uh, I've known Michael a long time and I know that some of the challenges that come with that. Um, and again, I get it. I mean, I understand why people want to celebrate the independence of the United States, but like if it's 1231 o'clock at night and you're still setting off fireworks and your neighbor's like, Hey, can we calm it down a little bit? The response is not like, Oh, I guess you hate America. Okay. No,
2: actually I, I like my sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Caleb wants to talk a little Isaiah Rogers cable. Caleb, what's going on, man?
9: Hey, Mark. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Sam. Happy Friday before the July 4th weekend, everybody out there.
2: Thank you. Same to you. What's up? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it here.
9: Um, I wanted to talk about the Isaiah Rogers thing because my thesis in college, I graduated in 2020. So my senior year started right when sports gambling became legal nationwide. And I wanted to write a senior thesis about the, the, the potential effects of it here. And, I'm really thankful that I did, that I looked into the history books here, because I found a story about the 1877 Louisville Grays and Jim Devlin. Now, I know in in the market of Indianapolis, talking about baseball, when I called in to talk about football, is a misnomer a little bit. And I appreciate that you all are giving me the time to say my piece here. But I wonder... That if these gambling issues continue and if they begin to reach levels where they begin to impact like a whole team, that if the NFL wouldn't consider contracting teams, because at some point in time, if you're not going to have a trustworthy franchise, why would you continue to have them in the league if they're going to impact the results of your league just for the sake of gamblers?
1: But the difference is this, Caleb the difference between now and gambling scandals of like, say, the Chicago Black Sox, you know, things like that, the difference now is that back then, it was illegal for everyone. And, and now, because of the legalized aspect of it, I mean, you have to police from the player's standpoint, but you can't totally start damning the principle or the policy of it and turning off your fan base from participating in it. Does that make sense, what I'm saying?
9: It does, but the problem is is I wonder I wonder if the fan base, some, some people's version of fandom is in it for the wrong reason
1: well of no, course
9: was, but ten but 10 years ago when i go to paceman people wouldn't yell at paul george missing a free throw and losing a hundred dollars on a game
1: yeah but here's the thing from the nba standpoint those people paid to get in there right
9: sure that's fair
1: i mean that's that that's the that's the thing i mean and it's a slippery slope for certain caleb i mean there's no doubt about it i you raise an interesting point it's a slippery slope for certain but again I'm going to go back to what I said yesterday.
2: He said 1877, by the way, and I thought it was the pop quiz. I was like, there's no way it's 930 already. (laughs) I thought this was a Scotty question.
1: I'm going to go back to what I said yesterday. If somebody, and I've thought a lot about this. If you were a bartender, alcohol is a very dangerous drug for a lot of people. One thing that you don't know from one person to the next is how that person's body is going to process, absorb, be affected by the intake of alcohol. And if you are a bartender, it is your job to not only serve alcohol, but to also make sure that someone is not overserved, and to use your expertise to determine when that might be the case. But you don't know how much it's affecting one person to the next. So you have to defer to the fact that there is a personal responsibility of the customer to know when they are too impaired to continue, and your job is to provide for what is a legal option for the customer. The customer's job is, to a great extent, have the personal responsibility and discipline to know when the legal practice of what is available to them has become an impediment on their daily life. The same is true with gambling. As a sports league, you are the bartender. You are providing a product that then, now that it is legal in most states, you are providing a product that your customer base has the personal responsibility and decision to choose the level of in the amount of which they partake. And it is the responsibility and the discipline of the individual to determine whether or not they have been overserved or whether or not they are able to responsibly handle that. That's a very tricky thing. It's a very dangerous thing. But the NFL is smart enough to know that while people that are fans of the Indianapolis Colts in the city of Indianapolis are by and large going to watch a Colts game on television because they're a fan of the Colts. There are also a lot of people living in Indianapolis that would otherwise not watch the Thursday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals, except for they now have an invested financial interest in that. And it is the NFL's best interest that people do that because it creates and facilitates awareness of their product and they have to operate under the assumption that people therefore are responsibly able to ingest it. What becomes an issue is when you go into a bar or you go into a restaurant and the bartender or the waiter is they themselves are drinking while they are serving alcohol. Thus, their ability to monitor and oversee and and properly responsibly determine that area like i said of whether or not somebody's overserved becomes compromised the same is true in the national football league of making sure that their players who in this case are their bartenders are not themselves partaking in something that then would cause them to bleed into an area where their own responsibility is compromised because they are trying to affect the outcome of a game. It is in the best interest of the National Football League to do everything they can to present the perception that when someone places a wager on that Bills-Arizona Cardinals game, they know that it is done with, quote-unquote, integrity. There is an element of irony in saying that you are policing the gambling within your own sport to preserve the integrity of the game as to make sure that people themselves can be trusted or that they they can trust, I should say, that the league is doing what they can to make sure that you're placing a fair bet. But that's where they are.
2: Yeah, because the second that better start thinking that games are compromised or that they aren't fair is when the NFL's going to start losing money that's and then they're going to be interest. like yeah and then that's going to be a bigger red flag because then all of a sudden there's no trust in the games the oh the players might be betting on themselves or against themselves so why would I put my own money on there and then that's going to hurt not only the NFL's pocketbooks that's going to hurt the Vegas sports books that's going to hurt the TV deals that the NFL gets in the future if there's any call to question that their their games are not 100% you know fair so yeah it's a slippery slope we'll see what happens with all that uh joe caleb matthew stay on the line you're listening to kevin inquiry 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
0: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
4: You are listening to Kevin and Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
1: Joel A. Erickson joining us in 15 minutes on a spectacular sun splashed in clear sky, thank goodness, Friday. Good
2: morning to you. This was his closer last night, right? Yes. Noel
1: Gallagher last night playing, and this was what he ended with, and it was great. The whole crowd singing along. It was fabulous. Uh, We've been talking about Oasis this morning because Noel Gallagher played last night to a very small crowd at Ruoff. I love Ruoff, though. It's a great great facility, Um, and he sounded great. I just think that most people didn't realize Well, first off, the weather didn't help, but um, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, wait a minute, that's one of the Oasis dudes? Yeah. And then like we talked about, if he reunited with his brother and they did, they, they performed as Oasis, um, it would be massive. But I couldn't believe this morning for those that are just joining us this morning. Where have you been? Um, when I was talking about Oasis earlier, there were people that called in and were like, "Yeah, I've never heard of Oasis," and I'm like, "I, I get that you might not know off the top some, but to say you've never heard of them seems a bit strong." I mean, they 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 sold seventy million albums. That's a decent amount. Um, But we played Wonderwall earlier at the beginning of it. I probably should have clarified, but I'll do so once Caleb joins in to to verify Sam here. Caleb Uh, number two, by the way. That's right. Caleb two. What's up, Caleb?
8: How are we doing today, guys? Doing all right. Good. Hey, Sam's 100% right. I'm 29, and anytime it was kind of a thing, like I would say five years ago, but even still – for people our generation if you if there's awkward silence you're like well anyway here's wonderwall that is 100 true
1: well but what i'm saying is this so tell me if, if this makes sense caleb what i'm saying is if you if you stopped 100 people on the street and you played a 10 second snippet the first 10 seconds of the song or the chorus which one would have a higher percentage of people that would recognize that what you are hearing is wonderwall uh
8: the chorus i would agree with you there yeah,
1: yeah that's my point because it's yeah. if you are yeah. saying to somebody you know the song wonderwall right and they're like i'm not sure if i do or not and you yeah. play the chorus that is the one that they're more likely to go oh absolutely yeah, i knew what that is
8: yeah and i think even kids younger than me maybe would say the first part of it because of like TikTok and things like that but people my, like my age and a little bit older or you know people that were around when the song came out yeah 100 the chorus. and then jake i had one thing for you i wanted to run by before i let you go I know in the winter you become random fans of random high school basketball teams across the state of Indiana. I want to lobby for your fandom in the school I
5: coach at this year.
1: Now l- let me ask you this, Caleb. I like this. Okay. Yep. Um, you coach. Don't tell me the name of the school. We're going to okay. play a quick guessing game. This I love doing these.
0: Okay. So I
1: live. I live. I live in the vicinity of Butler University. I'll put it to you that okay. way. Okay. Yep. If you had a 7.30 tip, what time would you suggest I leave my house to get to where you're coaching at a home uh, game?
8: Well, hopefully you leave for the JV game because I coach the JV team, so I'd love to see you at the 6 o'clock tip there. She'd so probably leave at about 5. Uh,
1: okay, so good. an hour away. Now, you're, I, if I were to leave I would drive, and I drove right to your school, I would go through how many counties, uh, including Marion? Just two, just two. Okay? And then lastly, if I was to wear a t-shirt of your 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 mascot, it would say go what? Go Royals, Tigers. go Tiger, what's that? Tigers. I'm going to guess that you are coaching the JV basketball team in the home of Rick Mount. Is that right?
8: That's incorrect. No. Okay. Other side of other, other side of 465.
1: Oh, that would be hold on, I know this. Um is is Triton Central the Tigers?
8: No. Yeah, they are, but that's that's the wrong side. So you're now I'm talking like you it's 11 and to the west. I'm thinking the east, the 465.
1: Well, Fishers would be my other guess. That's it. Right there. There you go. Now, if I had to be – now, let me ask you something, Caleb. Yep. If I'm living in Meridian Kessler and you're at Fishers High School and you're telling me it takes an hour to get there, are you thinking I'm using a lime scooter?
8: (laughs) Well, no. I mean, so basically the reason I say that is because, like, traffic is so bad at that point in time. Well, that is true. That because, is true, like, man. We play. We play Ben Davis first night of the year, and we have to leave Fishers. You know, it's not that far, but we have to leave Fishers at almost four o'clock to get. Now, there Fishers
1: City. has. Fishers has like one of the top players in the state, right? We do, yes,
8: we do. We have a lot of really good top players, but one, um, you know, one gets a lot of the uh, you know notoriety, while you know all of our other guys have really developed and you know are, are, are coming. We were really young last year, uh, but what? yes.
1: Hey, Caleb, you've coached JV for how long now?
8: Uh, this is, I'll be going into my third year doing the JV, but I've been here since Coach Wagner took w- over.
1: What offense do you run?
8: Uh, we run a dribble-drive motion offense. We're, we're pretty dynamic, though. We do quite a few things, but that's our primary, is a dribble-drive motion offense.
1: What do you run defensively?
8: Man-to-man uh, full-court pressure the entire time.
1: Ooh, 40 minutes of hell, huh? Or I guess 32 minutes at high school level, right?
8: Yeah, well, and you're doing uh, 28, so you're seven minutes times four, 28.
1: 28 minutes of hell, baby. All right, all I know is when I was at North Central, we ran the Tennessee offense. I don't even know what the Tennessee offense is. We ran the flex, and then we ran Tennessee, and I couldn't learn either of it because I couldn't figure out algebra or how to run an offense, so every time the ball came to me, it was going up.
8: Well, we have kids that come up from middle school and uh, elementary school that don't know how to run flex now, so it's kind of being phased out. But we still use some compartments of it, uh, but it's not super prevalent anymore. I love uh, guys
1: like often. me. No, you love guys like me that put it up every single time, Caleb. I appreciate it. Go Tigers! I'll come up to a to a Fisher's JV game this year. You leave at two o'clock. I'll leave at two. That's right to make sure I'm getting there on time.
2: Matthew's been patient. Matthew, what's up?
9: Uh, good. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me?
1: Matthew, how area. are things at the bottom
2: of the ocean? Get away from that jet engine.
9: Uh, well, I'm driving north on, on 995, so this is going to be tough.
1: Well, keep your hands at the 10 2 position. All right, Matthew, what's up?
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, no. There
7: you
9: go. Can you oh, guys
2: hear no. me? Yeah, we got gotcha. you.
9: Sorry, this is the first time I've had to do this. Um, Gee, and- we can't tell. <laughs> All right, just real quick little nugget for you because I just picked up my friend. I now know why Shawshank was filmed in Ohio and not on location in Maine because if they filmed it on location, Andy would have had quite the fall into the river below, and I think that film would have had a very different outcome.
1: Not only that, there's only like two weeks of the year where he would have been able to like get out throughout the uh, – and wearing <laughs> only the – without a winter coat and boots and everything else.
9: <laughs> that is – That is very true. The fact that he even found 14 banks in Portland, Maine is the most fictional part of that whole film.
1: It's a fabulous movie, though. All right, Matthew, you got an IndyCar question?
9: Yeah, it's kind of a two-part one that's only for me and no one else. Who do I have to petition to get IndyCar to come back to Loudoun? And if I was successful in that petition, could Grosjean actually finish a race there? Because I'm getting very concerned about that.
1: (laughs) Okay, now Matthew, your first question, who would you have to petition? Uh, petition That would be Jay Fryer. or Mark Miles would be in charge of figuring out whether or not they go back to Loudon, um, which I, that's a good question actually. I think I, I do hear Loudon mentioned every once in a while. I don't know how much on the forefront. In terms of Grosjean, Roman Grosjean – you know, the, the the sand is probably going through the hourglass and the patience for Ramon Grosjean. There's an interesting article today from Nathan Brown saying that Grosjean would like to return to in-ready autosport. I think a lot of that is dependent upon the first domino in terms of the quote-unquote silly season is going to be what happens. I mean, there, there are a number, but it begins with Alex Polo. If Pillow goes to McLaren, if, if Pillow leaves altogether, then his seat opens up at Ganassi. Does Chip Ganassi decide to, to keep Marcus Erickson full-time, or does Erickson then go to Andretti Autosport if Pelot stays at Ganassi? So a lot begins with Pelot. So there's your question, Matthew, is in terms of Grosjean, it's going to be where is he driving? Is he full-time with Andretti? And and then in terms of Grosjean, does he have the discipline and the mindset to be able to finish a race? I mean, it's, it's a flippant question but a good question because it's one that absolutely has come into play now. A lot of the problem for Roman Grosjean, who I like, I like him as a dude. I like him. I think he's a talented driver. But I think there was a lot of ballyhoo about him because of coming in the Formula One background, the the you know the drive to survive moment with the fiery crash, and with Grosjean, his competitors, and this is a huge part I think of racing in general. But the biggest challenge for Grosjean has been that. I'm not going to say he's not respected by his competitors but a lot of them don't like him they don't like racing against him i shouldn't say they don't like him as a person they don't like racing against him because he's erratic and unpredictable in their eyes i'm not in a car so i'm only parroting what drivers have told me but that is that there are certain drivers scott dixon comes to mind joseph newgarden comes to mind um scott mclaughlin comes to mind there are certain drivers that if you talk to other drivers they will tell you when I'm driving, and I look in my mirror and I see that driver next to me. I'll race wheel to wheel with them any day because I respect their their sportsmanship, and I know they're not going to do anything crazy. They're not going to be unpredictable, and they're going to understand like when to kind of back out. McLaughlin and and Roman Grosjean had that incident at the beginning of the year, um, you know, and that. That was McLaughlin's fault, to be quite truthful, if I remember correctly. So it's not always Grosjean's fault, but I think that Grosjean is the one that they have the hardest time predicting where he is going to go, and his
2: indecisiveness has hurt him. He's had a couple of weeks stretch, like where he was right at the top of the leaderboard, and everywhere else this season, it's been middle of the road or way in the back. Yeah, you
1: know, he reminds me a little bit, and you know, to be honest, and this is probably an unpopular opinion. Because the guy is a dynamic talent and, to a great extent, probably the future of the sport, if not the now of the sport. But Pata Award is also another one that is starting to toe up to that dangerous line of becoming Thomas Schechter. And, you know, Schechter, a lot of people used to tell me about Thomas Schechter. That Schechter had almost like an, and I don't mean this lightly like an attention deficit disorder that would creep up on him over the course of a race. Like if you looked at Schechter at Indy, his line, and by, by line I mean this, the, the groove in which he was driving his car, it would it would start to get a little bit further and further out over the course of the race. Like his attention to detail in the turns and in the corners would start to stray out a little bit, and then he would get up into the marbles, and that's the area of the racetrack where – the rubber debris is, and you lose grip. And then, boom, he hits the wall. And that would happen to Schechter over the course of races because he would just all of a sudden lose his focus. And I think that pada Award this year has shown some, some of those weaknesses of just being up towards the front and running well and then having just a moment of a, a complete mental lapse for whatever reason where he throws a race away or throws away like a too good aggressive almost correct and that Rick, what, that, what you that aggression i think comes from just a maturity but the time for Pada award to learn that maturity is now and the time for ramon grojan to learn that maturity is now and the time for joel erickson to join us on the program is now as well or more appropriately said after the next break
4: You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It is 9 o'clock
1: in Indianapolis. For that matter, it's 9 o'clock everywhere in the Eastern Time Zone.
2: Did this one get played yesterday? I don't think so.
1: Did it? At the concert? Yeah. I, no uh I'll, I'll read for you the songs that he
2: played I, I glanced at the set list i don't think i saw that one
1: there were only he, he noel gallagher played last night 14 songs uh the last eight of which were oasis songs and he ended with um don't look back in anger which is great because people like kind of basically sang along to it he he did not mention oasis he he said we're gonna play, we're gonna go back to the mid nineties. And there was a kid in the crowd that he kind of was like talking to. He asked the kid, the kid said he was twelve, and he's like, Well, you wouldn't know these songs, but I'm gonna ask you to keep buying the albums because it my kid's livelihood depends on it. He played the master plan Going Nowhere, little by little, half the world away, Live Forever, and Don't Look Back in Anger. And it was great. Now Live Forever, he played almost like a slow version of it. Um but it was great. And Literally, he played the songs and then was like, okay, thank you, and like was done. <laughs> done by 1045. Uh, joining us now, by the way, on the Payless Lickers Hotline, you know his work from the Indianapolis Star talking about the Colts, talking about Joel A. Erickson. And Joel, would we'll begin with what we talked about earlier. Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry, yesterday released from the team. Obviously, the Colts were awaiting official word from the NFL on these suspensions. Isaiah Rogers, who was going to be a guy that was going to get plenty of reps this year – uh, out, quote, indefinitely. Now, I guess it's probably dangerous, perhaps, for us to speculate, but we're going to do so anyway, on what indefinitely means. In my opinion, he does not play another NFL game. Your
6: thoughts? Are you saying he doesn't play in an NFL another NFL game because the NFL does that or because the league does that?
1: Uh, I believe personally that his suspension probably – I don't know when he would be reinstated, but um, – out of sight, out of mind, and I think it's probably difficult for a guy that's on the fringe anyway to stay in the level of shape necessary to play in the NFL after at minimum a year off, and I'll bet it's more than a year.
6: Yeah, i I think I think that it's going to be difficult, and um, you know, if if it's one year, he may have a shot in a training camp. Um, if for some reason his indefinite Goes longer than that because there's there's always the possibility, um, I guess, with some of the stuff that was reported, um, that maybe they they view his as different. Um, it, you know, if if it goes longer, I think it's it's worse. I, I've kind of been thinking along the same lines as you. I mean, Calvin Ridley is one thing, but Calvin Ridley uh, had a 1,400 yard season in Atlanta. You know, that's a Calvin Ridley also didn't bet on the Falcons, right. You know, and, and, well, but, but even, even beyond that, I think if, if the league reinstated you and you were good enough and you bet on your own team, I think you, someone would find a, a place for you. I, I don't know that Isaiah Rogers has established, I, well, I, I do know. Isaiah Rogers has not established himself as that type of player, um, where you, you overlook stuff, um, and uh, I know, I know, Colts fans love him. I know he's a fan favorite, but he just, he just hasn't. I'm not sure he has 500 defensive snaps in the season yet. So, uh, I think some stuff could maybe get overlooked if, if you were really, really good, but or really, really established. But he's, he's not in that spot.
2: Joel, was there any inkling that Rashad Berry was involved with this? I, I've heard Isaiah Rogers. obviously he came out publicly and said, "Hey, my bad. It was me." But I hadn't heard Rashad Barry's name mentioned once. I hadn't heard there's multiple Colts involved. Uh, how surprised were you when you heard that he was also indefinitely suspended?
7: Well, Rashad Barry is. We
6: we we didn't really know a ton about him, and they, they signed him off the practice squad late in a in a lost season. You um, know, off of the Jags practice squad late in a lost season, he didn't really look like a he looked like a long shot uh, given some of the. Uh, um. Given the rest of the the guys that they've invested into in the, on the defensive line, so I don't think we were thinking about him necessarily in general until uh, uh, you know hey, you got to show me something in training camp to catch our attention. But beyond that, this is the way the way Barrys has gone, or the way uh, the tackle from Tennessee's has gone. That's more along the lines of the way these gambling uh, stories have gone uh, in the NFL for for the most part. We find out that they happen when the suspensions happen. I th- if I remember, right, I think that's the way the Lions went too. The, the difference with Rogers was there was an early report, um, and and so we knew about it ahead of time. But but generally, this is the way this has gone down. Is um, you know may- maybe maybe sh- after a rap report gets a, an inkling a couple hours beforehand, but it, it's pretty much been the NFL does investigation, hands out suspension, and that's when, and that's when you have the. Uh, uh yeah, that's when you have the the actual information that you find out that this has happened.
2: Yeah, we heard we heard Rodgers made upward of 100 bets and he got the indefinite suspension. Do we have any idea how severe Barry's bets were? Like how how many there were? Did he bet on the Colts? Do we have any inkling of what that was?
6: Uh no, no. Well, he I mean, for him to he would the only game he could have bet on the Colts would have been the last one.
2: Right, but I'm saying to get an wrong. indefinite suspension, I'm assuming he had to have gambled on the NFL as well, and I don't know if he placed any yeah. bets on so the Colts. The, but
6: so the difference between the difference between the six game suspension and the full game suspension, so far, at least as far as I know it, is um, guys have gotten the six game suspension. This is Jameson Williams. Um, I, I I actually don't know how to pronounce the the Titans tackle's name, Petit Frere. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but the, those guys bet on sports inside the facility, and that's why they got six games instead of a year. The guys who've gotten a year bet on the NFL. Now, the the added piece of betting on their own team um, is where I think there's some uncertainty in the Rodgers' indefinite suspension. Uh, you know, it says they can apply for reinstatement after the 2023 season. I wonder if that's... The same for all of them. If it, like if that's going to go the same for all of them, you know, betting on your own team. Um, but uh, that's that's been the demarcation line so far. Is six games is for betting on sports inside the facility or at a team function? Uh, a full a full year suspension, which they always announce as indefinite, is is for betting on the NFL.
1: Okay, I'm going to ask Joe for as best we know it. In the same analogy that i used earlier and I, and I want your thoughts on this there are two ways that someone can get caught for driving while impaired the first is they happen to be driving while impaired and there is a random police setup you know not set the wrong word but a checkpoint a checkpoint where they're pulling over every third car and that person happens to get pulled over in that checkpoint and they're impaired and they get arrested The second is they're driving erratically and somebody notices they're driving erratically and calls the police who then intentionally pull that person over. In the case of these indiscretions with the Colts players, which is it? Were they caught up in a league-wide search or was the league tipped off and therefore those two players were specifically investigated thus there could be other cases out there that are unknown as of yet
6: um i i think it it's hard cuz if you say there could be other cases out there then people are going to assume that they are um but my understanding is that this was something that maybe the the cults were taken a little bit by surprise by uh, Correct.
1: They, I, I believe that's factual. I, it, it's my understanding, Joel, that Isaiah Rogers knew about this before the Colts.
6: Yeah, that's that's sort of what I under what I understood too. And as far as how they get caught, I'll, I'll be honest. I I didn't um, when this initially broke. I was not the reporter who talked to the Indiana Gaming Commission. I, I don't know if. The hard part is I'm not sure exactly how how they figure this out. I do wonder though if it's easier to see this stuff or find this stuff in a digital age when, you know, the instead of going to a instead of going to a bookie, your your you know, everything's online and it's on your phone. I wonder if it's easier for like the gaming commission to track. I mean that's gotta be. I, I you know it's kind of a moot point
1: I guess except for it makes you wonder and you're right to be careful Joel that's not to say that thinking there could be others out there means that this is like something that, that they're definitively are but I do think that that's an interesting thing because I think now, Joel, the league would have a clearer understanding because partially of this, and maybe I'm just saying that because esoterically in Indianapolis it's been on our radar because of the Rodgers situation, and I'm sure the players have been briefed on this far more than have we prior to this. But I can totally understand how some player is sitting there at his locker during Offseason season OTAs and he's like, ah, you know, he's scrolling through and he sees a, an offer from one of the apps that's like, hey, $20 wager on the all-star game, the major league all-star game. Yeah, okay. Seems innocuous enough, except for you're inside the parameters of the building. I could see how they would not have known that before. They sure as hell better know it now.
6: Yeah, I I think one of the things that I keep coming back to is that for players, um, the NFL's gambling policy is actually, to, to me, I, You can someone else could disagree with this, but to me, it's actually fairly permissive. They, they are allowed to bet on other sports as long as they don't do it from the team facility. That's a whole range of things um, that they're allowed to bet on. I know that is not true of, say, um, you know, personnel or coaches at the at the NCAA level. I believe the, the rule in, in the NCAA is if, if a sport is governed by the NCAA, you are not allowed to bet on it at any level. Therefore, if that therefore the fact that there are men's soccer teams at some schools means you can't like bet on for the Premier League or the or, or the Italian league or anything like that. Um, I also know that in the NFL, the rules are more stringent for business staff, front office staff than they are for the players. Um, and so that's that's one of the things uh, that I like, keeps sticking out to, sticks out to me is just there are ways to bet. Um, probably more than, than some people would expect if, you know, if they work in one of those other areas. but uh, But you just can't do it. Um, I mean it makes sense I mean it makes obvious sense like why well, you can't bet on the NFL these it make obvious sense to me and this is true uh-huh. Joel of all
1: staff right like if you are the if you're the guy that is the the nutritional chef inside the Colts complex the same rules apply to you correct
6: yeah I, my under yeah I, my understanding is that you're not like the the, the business staff is it's like a hard it's like a hard no bet no gamble.
2: Joel Erickson of the Indianapolis Star joining us. He covers the Colts. Joel, with the Isaiah Rogers out of the picture, how would you describe the current state of the Colts cornerback room?
6: Young and unproven and thin. Um, you know, it, they, they they drafted three guys, one in the second, one in the fifth, one in the seventh. There, there are examples of guys in – all of those rounds, definitely the second and the fifth, starting and playing well across the NFL um, over the last couple of years. I, I think it's important to remember, it's you can do that with any round at almost any position except quarterback, and and people can even come up with quarterbacks who started and, and played well. You know, especially with after Brock Purdy, um, the, the 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 reality is that most guys take a little time. And Chris Ballard has said that over and over again about their draft picks is that they're not going to necessarily come in as finished products. So well, that, that's going to be true of this cornerback room as well, most likely. Um, I mean, if they if they hit with starting two two of the three starting caliber, two of the, if two of the three guys are starting caliber corners right now, immediately as we speak today, that would be a wild coup for the Colts just historically. So, if you look at what they've got, then you've got Dallas Flowers, who is uh, admittedly physically supremely talented. They believe that from the moment they got him in uh, undrafted as an undrafted free agent last year, but he still doesn't have a ton of snaps playing cornerback. Um, and then you have a bunch of a bunch of rookies, so it, it's thin. It's it, you, you contrast that to last year where you had. You know, obviously a clear number one on the outside in Gilmore, you had uh, a guy who, if he was not a starter, had starting experience in Brandon Faison uh, and had, had had played in a, a major role at some point in Brandon Faison. That's, that's such a big difference from where they are now in terms of experience, in terms of being proven in the NFL, um... I keep thinking they have to sign a veteran. I mean, almost just for the numbers, but also for the, um, just for the, the fact that they, they just don't have anybody on the outside. Um, Cause when we talked to Kenny Moore, I mean, Kenny Moore will probably play on the outside and base, but when he thought, when he talked to Kenny Moore, he was talking about, you know, the role he was talking about was in the slot where he's been most of his career. So Kenny Moore is obviously very, very experienced and very accomplished, but, He's he's gonna play most of his snaps on the inside. So on the outside they are are painfully thin and I'll tell you short what, experience.
1: Joel there's no silver lining. Joel Erickson, by the way, is our guest on the Payless Sickers hotline. It's hard to say I should say that there would be a silver lining in a gambling scandal that suspends a player indefinitely, but if there was one for the Colts, it would be the fact that this is a golden opportunity, it would seem, for a young player from Indianapolis and in Juju Brents, right? Doesn't he stand to benefit here in terms of moving his way quickly into an area where if he can show something in camp, he's going to have opportunity?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a lot like, um, I think to me it's a lot like when they, they picked Rocky Sine, uh in the second round. I mean, he played significantly right away. Uh, and there wasn't uh necessarily a ton of people in the way in that camp um and that's that's kind of i think where, where, where what it looks like for Juju Brents. Juju yeah. brent has a golden i mean and really for Darius rush too they, these are these are golden opportunities for them as rookies to hit the ground running and and, and surprise people um you know the and and brent's especially being a second round pick given his Given his athleticism, given everything we know about him, uh, it, it, stands to, it stands to reason that he's got the best shot at it right away.
2: Joel, uh, what's the more difficult contract to negotiate for the Colts upcoming? Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman Jr.?
6: I think I think it's Pittman is more difficult. Um, I, Good because, Lord. Is he, is he emailing you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my computer does updates, and I've made the mistake of turning it on to check a snap count thing while I was talking to you guys. Um, no, the uh, the
7: uh, I, I think
6: it's I think it's Pittman because just because of the of the sheer numbers of what wide receivers have gotten, and trying to decide, you know, where does he fall in that? How does the the Colts just constant? Um, you know, upheaval at quarterback, how does that affect what we've seen from him production-wise? What does he deserve? You know, how, how much, like, the, the numbers there are so big. Whereas I think that in terms of complexity, the 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 Taylor, the Taylor contract is pretty much just, it's pretty much more a, a simple, how much do you want to value a running back? How long do you want to give it to him? Whereas with Pittman, you have to figure out, you know, what level of player is this and, and what are we willing, like the, the what level of player is it is, is a complicated factor that I don't think exists in the Taylor thing. But they, when Taylor's healthy, Taylor's incredible. Right, because Pittman,
2: Pittman is going to want to be get, getting paid as a number one wide receiver, which he is on this team. If he's on another team, I don't know if he's a number one. He's more of a number two, I think, from what he's produced so far. So I think he's going to be looking for a stratosphere that the Colts might not be comfortable with for a contract. Is, is that your idea too?
6: Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking is that like you you might be looking at like a, you know, a, a number one wide receiver. It's the going rate seems to start at 25 million, um, which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and they can make and him and his his him and his agents can 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 make the case, you know, just starting off of like, you know, there was the Christian Kirk deal a couple of years ago that everybody thought was crazy. Like Pittman has been more productive than Kirk was before he got that deal. And his agents can very, very easily make that case. so where where he falls in that that big range of contract that's the money at wide receiver, I think, is what makes this hard. and I think it's why I think it's why you've seen really great really, really great players get traded away um, you know, like obviously Kansas City and Tyreek Hill, you know that's a great player, but the the money at receiver has gotten so big that even for the the top guys, there's a hard decision that teams have to make.
2: Yeah, you see the Cardinals part ways with DeAndre Hopkins, and we know that Chris Ballard doesn't like paying wide receivers necessarily. So it'll be very interesting to see how they negotiate that with with Michael Pittman. Well, I, could, I could very easily see the here is the other thing. Da- Dalvin Cook
1: was allegedly offered, or reportedly offered a deal in Miami, and Miami's got basically $14 fourteen million, thirteen point nine to spend. So let's say that that Joel puts the market value for a running back and Dalvin Cook's a darn good running back. If the market value for a Dalvin Cook is 13 thirteen fourteen range, Jonathan Taylor's gonna want fifteen sixteen, something like that. If there's no way if I'm the Colts I do that. And well, and, see, and I think he's a wonderful player, a wonderful person, and a great talent, but I wouldn't pay it.
6: See for me it's not about the for me it's not about the the per year average. For me it's about the years.
1: Well that too, sure. I mean because you know and, and it's interesting because Taylor is one guy that has shown no signs of tread on the tires and that is to his credit but Joel you got to know that eventually my fear for a Jonathan Taylor would be that he's because we've seen this in running backs that when the cliff comes it is a fall over it's not a gradual slide not everybody's Frank Gore
6: right right. no well when I say the years I mean like if you the, the deal yeah I you don't
1: want to give him five guaranteed
6: yeah, the deal I keep thinking about is the Nick Chubb deal in Cleveland, which has worked out very well for them. He got like he got 3 years, you know, the 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 average per year on that salary cap wise, the difference between him getting an APY of 12 and Taylor getting 15 or something like that, it's it's, it's minimal, especially given that the Colts don't have uh a ton committed beyond this next year. But but yes, the years, like if you're getting 5 guaranteed or something like that, then then, you're, then I think you're really nervous about it. Whereas maybe – I think maybe if you want to re-sign him, you, you bump up the APY uh, and to try to keep the years down on the contract and protect yourself for that cliff you're talking about.
1: Joel, last thing, you know, obviously we right now are in that kind of dead period and the news pops up with the Isaiah Rogers situation, for example – we will talk plenty about these contract situations. Is there anything else in terms of on the horizon from a news standpoint that we should be anticipating, or are we kind of like let's just keep it chill until everybody's back together reporting?
6: No, this, this is one of the only truly dead periods on the NFL calendar. I mean, this is the time when just about everyone in every building is away or on vacation or, or hanging out with family or whatever. That's That's – that's what this time of year is. Now, does it mean that they couldn't get a contract done? They, they they could if they you know, if if they come to the right thing and they get it together, but historically what we've seen is that it usually comes for the Colts if they're going to get a contract done, it usually happens more in training camp. This is this current period right now is is when the like I said, the only really dead time on the NFL calendar and I've I've heard over the years that the NFL would like to fill it with something. And basically, all of the league personnel are like, "We have one time that we're off. Please don't take it from us." Um, so yeah, now this is this. The, it, basically, if there's news at this point of the year, the way I always think of it is, if there's news at this point of the year, big news. It's usually bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. You you would you would rather if you're Chris Ballard, you'd rather be driving to work and hear two guys talking about. So who's your Mount Rushmore, right? Yes.
6: Yes, absolutely. Because that's- almost always, every time I've ever been pulled out of like a a, a summer like golf round or something, uh, and it, it, honestly, it was more when I covered the Saints than the Colts. It's for something that's like the commissioner's involved, and there's going to be a suspension.
1: Fair enough. I would think covering the Saints would be exciting nonstop, though, because oh, the you're
6: beignets in, you could eat. You're
1: in New Orleans. That's exactly right. Joel, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the dead period. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. That's Thanks,
1: the uh, computer updates, right?
2: And the cat meowing and the kid yelling. There was a lot going on back there.
1: Uh, time now for a morning checkdown.
4: The morning checkdown.
0: Omaha. Omaha. Omaha.
4: Omaha. On 93 and one-zero-seven-five, the fan. Somebody
1: got on me. Said we don't talk enough racing. So we'll begin with that. The weekend schedule for you in the world of racing. It is mid-Ohio for IndyCar. That race takes place on. Sunday, Chicago streets for NASCAR this weekend, and for Formula One, it is Sunday at nine o'clock in the morning on ESPN for the Austrian Grand Prix. You have been to? You not been to Austria, right? No. If you Today, had to
2: rank, let's put another shrimp on the barbie. No, that's Australia. I know it was a Dumb and Dumber <laughs> reference.
1: <laughs> um, if you had to rank countries in Europe, you would want to visit.
2: Austria would be where? Top five? Uh, five to ten? Probably not. It'd be top ten, I guess. Number one would be what? Uh probably England. Okay, two. France. Three. Poland. Really? I'm Polish, yeah. Okay. Four? Uh Germany. Ooh. Okay, five. Switzerland. Six? Jeez. I don't know. Denmark. Seven? Um Ireland. Ah. No Spain. Spain's eight. Spain, actually, is probably way higher. I didn't... Um, I know. Spain, you're asking me on the fly. Spain's the one of my... I, so I got Aust- go uh, You are burying the lead with Austria here. I just thought of Spain. Yeah. I, yeah, I got to look at my map here. I'm one of those... Uh, how, about, how about Holland? See, I, yeah, you got to come back. You can't ask me these on the fly. I got to look at a map and think about things. You know
1: and, where I'm going to be in November, don't you? What? Luxembourg. I know. Highest per capita in Europe. Did you know that? Didn't know that. Shannon said to me, and I quote, we're going to Luxembourg? No one goes to Luxembourg. And I said, that's exactly where we're going there. There you go. What percent of people in the United States can say they've been to Luxembourg?
2: Probably as many that can name an Oasis song at the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, last night, Major League Baseball. Give me a swoosh, Sam. Thank you. Philadelphia Phillies over the Cubs 3-1. It was the Pirates over the Padres 5-4. Brewers, Dodgers, Royals, White Sox, Tigers, Yankees all getting wins yesterday. in our race for PBR The Diamondbacks beaten by the Rays 6-1. Cute fellow that's the Orioles were idle. But the Oakland Athletics that Kevin has, defeated by the Yankees, as I had mentioned, the Yankees winning 10-4 yesterday over Oakland. It was Houston 14-0 over the St. Louis Cardinals. Marlins blanking the Red Sox 2-0. Blue Jays over the Giants. And the Indianapolis Indians 9-8 winners yesterday over the Louisville Bats. I'm
2: going to whip up a better top 10 of, of European countries before we get out of here, by the way. Ugly night for the Fever. They got trounced by the Phoenix Mercury 85-63. Kelsey Mitchell led the Fever with 15 points. Aaliyah Boston only 6 points, 9 rebounds. Not a great night for them. Three-game road trip ends in a three-game losing streak. They've lost 4 out of 5. They'll try to right the ship when they host the Chicago Sky Sunday at four. 4 o'clock
3: how about uh Norway yeah
2: Fe- I I, I forgot Italy I, gotta, I,
1: I oh,
3: Italy I gotta add oh Italy Italy way up there right gotta, yeah I've got to add a Norway I, would be number one on my list how about Iceland
2: is Iceland Europe
3: uh technically I think yeah I think it is right
2: yeah let, let me reset and and I'll look at this and <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do a, give a better top 10
1: uh I guess actually this is kind of a pop quiz that I just gave to Mark because he wasn't prepared for my <laughs> question about Europe pop is, by the way it's a freebie friday we would love for you to participate if you're still listening to us at this point 239-1070 give us a call we would love to have you as our participant on the pop quiz which is next
0: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: So Iceland, by the way, considered Nordic, which means Northern Europe. Okay. So Iceland counts. I- Iceland
2: I- has become like a cool, trendy thing lately for people to go to currently not in my top 10 that i'm whipping up at the last second so we'll see though who's your number one well, that would be giving it away it's called the tease jake let's let's save it for the next segment here i think i listed it. In- it hungary united kingdom would be is it kazakhstan very united- nice <laughs> <laughs> i like you <laughs>
1: that's you do a mean borat thank you can we do the rest of the show with sure. you as borat no offense i think i'd rather do a show with borat than you <laughs> It, Borat is single handedly the greatest fictional character mm-hmm. ever. Did you ever see do you remember when they were when the movie was coming out and people weren't totally hip to who he was? Yeah. And he was going around doing like morning rain re-
2: uh-huh. <laughs> morning He's in character, not showering and everything. Like this guy
1: stinks. <laughs> it was phenomenal. When he goes to the southern the the you know, the dinner at the people's house, mm-hmm. fabulous.
2: At the to make toilet. Uh, it, no, thank you.
0: Uh, here
1: on a freebie Friday, and it is a gorgeous day outside. Hope you folks are set for, and again, a reminder, with Independence Day being on Tuesday, we will not be doing shows Monday or Tuesday, so we will reconvene with you on Wednesday. So certainly hope everybody is set to enjoy, um, if you are off on Monday as well, the long weekend. Uh, give me number one through eight, Mark uh,
2: for Has Borat,
1: July- please. Oh.
2: Uh, Fourth of July this weekend. There you go, Love America, <laughs> number four.
1: Okay, uh, caller number four is who? That is Drew.
3: Hi, Drew. How are you? Oh.
2: Drew wasn't too
3: hip. The, to the- they, they dropped as soon as we put them on. Nice job, Drew.
1: Uh, do we have another one? Do we have caller number five? Yeah, caller number five will go with Austin. What's up, Austin?
7: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
1: Austin, sounds like you're driving. Where are you?
7: I am on seventy
1: four west. Hopefully on a hands free device. Uh, seventy four west. Now that would mean that you are coming towards Indianapolis from the Shelbyville area, headed west, or you are headed like between here, Brownsburg and Peoria, going that direction.
7: I am currently passing Eagle Creek, so I'm heading towards Brownsburg.
1: Oh, give a wave to Brownsburg for me when you go. Now, past it. any 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 place, Do you live in Brownsburg? Pittsburgh. You ever been to Mandy's ice cream in Brownsburg?
7: Several times,
1: probably three times a week. Nice. Right. I, went, I went to high school with Mandy, so be sure and tell her I said hi. Will do. Fabulous ice cream, by the way. Uh, all right, Austin, are you a baseball fan? Um, I'm a half-in-the-bag
7: baseball fan, I guess.
1: Well, then you're half-in-the-bag screwed for this pop quiz. Yeah, it's a freebie Friday, um, though, so you call it on the right that's day. Right. You, when, when you are half-in-the-bag baseball fan, you are a fan halfway of which – based no, i'm just kidding uh who's your team
7: cardinals oh God.
1: okay. No. <laughs> that, was, that was fun while it lasted all right here we go austin would you like for me that would be jake or for mark to lead you off with question number one
7: let's go with jake
1: all right here we go speaking of that austin if you were to go out like if you were going to go to mandy's ice cream and enjoy a nice chocolate malt and you could enjoy the company of myself that would be jake mark Dyketon, or kevin bowen which one would you pick
7: let's
2: go with jake i'm a big indy car fan nice all right well kevin's gonna take his shirt off so i, I would definitely put him third <laughs> you let me know when and you'd I like to meet for a, a
1: what's that
7: i said and i can tell you all about luxembourg i've been there a couple oh. times
1: have you really is it now be honest is it cool
7: yeah i've only been to luxembourg city i lived in germany for four years so okay so actually once in a while. so
1: we're going to amsterdam but then okay. once we're in Amsterdam, we're taking the train from Amsterdam to Luxembourg City to go through Belgium, and then I figured we'd spend, like, ha, like if I was to do two days and one night in Luxembourg City, would that be sufficient?
7: Plenty of time.
1: I mean, is it cool? Like, is there stuff to do, or is it boring?
7: Um, it's not. It's not Amsterdam or Brussels by any means, but you'll find stuff to do.
1: Okay, cool. All right. All right, here we go. Question number one for you, Austin. Appreciate the info there. 115 years ago today, Cy Young threw his third career no-hitter at the age of 41 years and 93 days. Who is the oldest pitcher to throw a no-hitter in Major League history? And I can tell you he did it by striking out Roberto Alomar of the Toronto Blue Jays. Was it Cy Young himself? Obviously not. Randy Johnson, Warren Spahn, or Nolan Ryan? Randy
7: Johnson.
2: Okay. Alright, 45 years ago today, Larry Doby became the second African-American manager in Major League history when he replaced Bob Lemon of the Chicago White Sox. Frank Robinson had become the first African-American manager when he took over the Cleveland Indians in 1975. He was the first African-American manager of the National League. It was Larry Doby, Frank Robinson, Maury Willis, or Dusty Baker? Mm, let's
7: just go Frank Robinson. Nice.
1: Uh, question number three, Shohei Otani, homered again yesterday. That raises his MLB best 29 home runs now. Otani is tied for the major league lead in triples with five this season. Name the last player to lead the majors in both home runs and triples in the same season. I will tell you this guy spent the better part of his career with a monster lurking over his shoulder. Ty Cobb, Willie Mays, Jim Rice, or Larry Doby?
7: Hmm. Larry
2: Doby. Okay. Kyle Schwarber began began last night's Phillies win over the Cubs with a home run. It was Schwarber's fifth leadoff home run for the month of June. Five or more leadoff homers in a single calendar month has been done just six times in Major League Baseball history, most recently by Schwarber in June 2021. Only one player did it twice. Was it Ricky Hand? What? Only one other player did it twice. Was it? Ricky Henderson, Alfonso Soriano, Craig Biggio, or George Springer? Uh,
7: Alfonso Soriano.
2: Love Soriano. Okay, question number five
1: for you. Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati opened on this day in 1970. Hank Aaron hit the first home run in the stadium's history in that first game. But who hit the last home run? And it was known as Synergy Field by then, but in the same stadium His father and brother both played in the major leagues. Was it Aaron Boone, Ken Griffey Jr., Bobby Abreu, or Adam Dunn?
7: Ken Griffey Jr.
1: All right. Who's your favorite Cardinal of all time, Austin?
7: McGuire. Mm -hmm. That's a safe one. That is a safe one.
2: (laughs) All right, fair enough. All right, Austin, let's see how you did. Question one, 115 years ago, Cy Young threw the – his third career no hitter, who was the oldest pitcher to throw a no hitter. You said Randy Johnson. It was, in fact, Nolan Ryan. 44 years, 90 days for number seven in
1: 1991. My senior year in high school. And it was Roberto Alomar who got his first career hit off Nolan Ryan, by the way, who was the strikeout for his seventh no hitter. Frank Hang- Robinson, by the way, who was not only the first person to be the MVP in both leagues, he was the first African American manager in both leagues. Jim Rice. Had 46 home runs and 15 triples in 1978. Alfonso Soriano is the answer for question number four. Austin, stay on the line because it's a freebie Friday. And Aaron Boone was the answer for question number five. We will get Mark's much-anticipated top ten European I'm nations. here right in this list. Amongst other things when we return.
4: It's Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is
2: my favorite Oasis song. Is it? Yeah.
1: It's a good song for sure. How your garden grows? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, he did that last night. Noel Gallagher at Ruoff. I I do love Ruoff. Um you know, they It's interesting to me when I was when when Ruoff was Deer Creek, you know, I was thinking about this last night just how many shows have taken place there and how many I've seen, and it still looks fabulous. I mean, like when you, the lawn and everything, I mean, you, you go in and it's like it, it looks the same as it did when I used a Sharpie to write my name on the back of a seat at Guns N' Roses the night before my last final in high school, which again shows that my parents were completely checked out, that I was the youngest, and they're <laughs> like, you got a final tomorrow to graduate from high school? Cool, you're going to Guns N' Roses? Have fun. Um, But a lot of great memories there for certain, and I'm glad that, that the place still looks you know, there's a lot of competition now. The, the lawn is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, which is the one. What's the name of it? Now? The is it TCU Center, TCU Amphitheater, TCU at Amphitheater. White River. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you know, obviously the Murat. I mean, they're, the the rock the ruins now that they do. You know, the outdoor parks at Holiday Park, the outdoor concerts. There are a lot of places to go and see a show. But um, last night was certainly fun. Ed Ruoff. Okay, so your list—I've got a list here of Rome or excuse me, Romania is one of them of European countries to visit. Mm-hmm. I would like to know that Mark Dykton. Now that you've had a chance to look at it, we'll start with number ten. Your ten is what? Germany. Okay. Nine.
2: Greece. Okay. Eight. Oh, I don't like how you said that. Uh, Denmark. You have Denmark above Greece. Yeah. Okay. Seven. Uh, Ireland. Okay, six. Poland. Man. Okay, five. Sweden. Again, I'm Polish, so uh, I've a soft place for Poland to go to. By the way, it's Sweden. Okay. Yeah. Four? France. Okay. Italy. Italy's three. Mm-hmm. Two. Spain. And one. United Kingdom.
6: I
1: think I could be wrong in this. I I think your list probably. I like it because it's unique. Uh, That seems, I think most people, what would you say would be most Americans' answer as number one?
2: I would say probably uh, France or England. I would say France or Italy, don't you think? I I think we're all in agreement on France, which probably makes it
3: the actual number one answer.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming like Eiffel Tower and I mean, Paris is,
1: I will say, I I loved, loved when we were in Paris, loved it. Italy's, I, I don't know, I think Italy's really close, guys. I, I think between Rome, Florence, and Milan, I think Italy's way up there. It's almost like it's its one—it's like Boardwalk and Park Place, I would think. Um, Some of the under—the underrated, so you didn't have the Netherlands there?
2: It's like right outside the top. Okay. Ten. But, you know, I'm whipping this up at the last second. If I did more research into it, I'm sure I would change it. Portugal? Portugal portugal I, think, I almost put on yeah that.
1: portugal like i hear lisbon's uh-huh. unbelievable yeah i think portugal would be really cool
2: i'd just love to go to like an english premier league game and take it all in have a real pint that's why that's why uk's up iceland there. iceland again I, I i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be opposed okay, to going about, to any european country sure that
1: princess stephanie wasn't she monaco scotty oh i don't
2: know oh yeah we we
3: haven't mentioned Sweden yet, and I do want to give them some uh, respect. Had, they haven't on so. there. Five. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you said Switzerland. My bad. My ears. Broke. Now, Switzerland there. Okay, Switzerland is way
1: up there. Uh, somebody said, "What about Amsterdam?" That's the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam's a city, not a yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're going um, Amsterdam, and then the train from Amsterdam to Luxembourg. It goes... Basically, you just go... It, it's kind of like going... If you were to go from Indianapolis to Nashville and Belgium is Kentucky if you are to take the train. So I, I said... And you tell me if you agree with this, Mark. I'm like, we're going to go on a train all the way through Belgium. It stops in Brussels. I'm like, we got to get out in Brussels and have a waffle and a beer. Yeah. Right? Just, just one, one of each. <laughs> right. And then get right back on the train. Like, okay, there we've done it. Now, when we did... The train from Paris to London, we took the Channel train. And I was so fascinated and, and intrigued by what it would look like, just the country, you know, the, going through France like that. Mm-hmm. It looked to me the train ride from Paris to London looked very similar to what it would look like if you were to take a train from Indianapolis to Chicago almost the same distance and then and the countryside at that area in France was similar one of the things that i found the most interesting is as we were riding the train every i mean not i mean maybe 5 or 6 times in that in the course of that journey you would see little like in the middle of nowhere Cemeteries. When I say cemeteries, I mean like you'd see twenty white headstones, mm-hmm. and those were American soldier cemeteries from the war, where like battles took place and there was there were casualties, and they did graves there, which I found interesting. But when you get towards London and you go under the tunnel, which obviously is the the tunnel underneath the English Channel, and you come up, for, you don't really realize when you're going under the channel. You're, all of a sudden, it's just, you know, you're, it's kind of dark because there's like walls alongside before uh-huh. you get up to it. But you go underneath, I, I, you're probably underwater for, I don't know, four minutes or something. You, you come up, and then it looked exactly, Mark, as you come up out of the English Channel and you're now in England and you're in basically the outskirts of London, it looked exactly like the the stretch in chicago when you drive in on the dan ryan and just like the industrial south side of chicago mm-hmm. from the region that's exactly what it looked like like exact almost exactly the same uh,
2: what's your weekend schedule here you've got the we've got the rescheduled savannah bananas game so they are playing tonight what well, i'm assuming weather permitting but uh the remake from yesterday's cancellation is tomorrow at noon so we'll be going to that and then we have to haul it to illinois to get to a uh, masters uh, master's graduation party so we have to do that and all that and they'll probably see some in-laws and whatnot for the 4th of July weekend and and all that and then head back in town since we have kind of a very long weekend we're not back we're not back on the show until Wednesday so we have a nice few days off to kind of re-energize and enjoy some family time and stuff what about you guys um
1: nothing really planned to be honest with you well, that's not, not a I bad guess. thing.
2: Well, I mean, I've got Mid-Ohio
1: this weekend, yeah, IndyCar race. but mm-hmm. uh, And then we are off Monday and Tuesday, so for that, just kind of chilling, right? Yep. keeping Taking keeping, it
2: easy, get some yard work done and all that stuff, enjoying sure the holiday. the animals don't go crazy with the fireworks.
1: By the way, somebody said, what about Belize? Well, that's cool, but it's in Central America. <laughs> we're sticking with Europe here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if we're going, like, worldwide, well, okay. then the list will be a bit what, different.
1: How about this? What is the country—I have, have a theory on that—what is the country that is— most often thought of as being european that is not like for you personally what's the country that when people say it you, you you're you like wait
2: a minute i always assumed that, that was in i think we just discussed it at the break russia probably because russia is more asia right
1: yeah uh, i i would agree with that i mean for for it's far so far that- western
2: russia is considered
1: part of europe right mm-hmm. how about this one here's a country that and maybe i'm admitting my own ignorance and naivete geographically speaking i think i knew it wasn't in europe but for whatever reason and i know exactly the reason why i always thought it was like a european country can you tell me any country either one of you guys that borders uruguay no not a clue do you know scotty johnson thinking about it here It is South America. Peru's pretty safe. Peru or Argentina is a safe guess on any of these, right?
3: Venezuela?
1: Nope. Brazil is one. Mm -hmm. And then I just said the other one. Argentina. Mm. But, like, for whatever reason, I think it's because, I I don't know why, like, Portugal, Uruguay. I I always think Uruguay is a European country. That's true. But it's not. It is not a European country. Um So, no, back to this weekend. So, the 4th of July, as I'd mentioned, I love everything about Independence Day. I love what it represents. I do love the the only two things about Independence Day that, three, the three things about Independence Day that just I roll my eyes at. Number one, the movie sucked. Number two, just go easy on your fireworks. Like, there are plenty, I, I love the neighbor, you know, the, the, the small town parades, the, the celebration, kids with flags, the the pride of being an American, I love all of that. It doesn't mean necessarily, the, and, and I totally understand for, for people with kids in the driveway and whatever else you want to do, your own private fireworks show, I totally get it. It drives me nuts when people decide that they actually are going to do a commercial industrial size fireworks show of their own for five consecutive nights. And just because people from a courtesy standpoint as neighbors ask for a little bit of uh, understanding or reprieve from that after a certain hour does not mean that those neighbors are anti-American. Mm-hmm. and then lastly, Sam, you said you're putting together a music list for the Fireworks show. Is that right?
3: Yeah, it's already been put together. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm just running the music that will be going beside it. And does that include Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, which is the most commonly
1: misunderstood, like, actual kind of anti-American song ever? I haven't heard it yet, but I That's don't believe good. so. I hope Have you not. listened to the lyrics of it? It basically is like, yeah, I, I was, I'm was, i a guy that was, like, completely chewed up and spit out by the American system because I was born in the USA. That's basically yeah. what it says. And people are like, oh, it's super patriotic.
2: Well, everybody stay safe out there. Hopefully you got some power back from the storms. If you don't, hopefully it's coming soon. Did I you know, lose power? No, we did not. We surprisingly did not. I know Victory Field did, which is why the cancellation also happened. But stay safe out there all 4th of July weekend. Enjoy it. We'll be back Wednesday. Jake, wrap us up.
1: I um I lost power yesterday, by the way. And when it came back on, I have an automatic cat feeder. Mm-hmm. And when it came on, as it beeped, it that it, it dispensed two extra rounds of food. Boo's like, boom, <laughs> Boo, jackpot. Boo was loving it. Hey, everybody, have a great uh, weekend. And then, if again, we will talk to you on Wednesday. for For our sake, long weekend. Have a good one.